Hello. Welcome <laughs> to a Witchfinger Horror Podcast. And uh, my name is Yasmina, and to my right is Morgan. Hello. To my left is Megan. Hello. And uh, happy Friday the 13th. Woo! Oh! Happy Friday the 13th. <laughs> we decided to just uh, drop this episode on y'all. And, um, yeah, we decided that we should do a Friday the 13th movie on Friday the 13th. Makes sense. Totally. <laughs> we are very smart and beautiful. Yes, so clever we are smart and beautiful. And beautiful. Yes. <laughs> very Brains clever. And brawn. That is correct. Friday the 13th on Friday the 13th. But not just any because there are many. Ooh. That rhymed. Sweet rhyme. We are doing... <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing number four. Yes. Part four. Yeah. Which was supposed to be the last one ever. The last made. one. Yeah. I love how they're like, mm, just kidding. Yeah, mm, I know. Just kidding, like fucking five more times. Oh, Obviously, six more times. Paramount wanted more money, so uh, I'm glad it worked out, though, because uh, out of the series in horror, I guess, um, Friday 13th is my personal favorite. It's very yeah. successful. Oh, yes. it's like one of the biggest, uh, other than Nightmare on Elm Street, I think they like. Are Should pretty we... much like mm, at equal for like popularity in mainstream. Should we explain to our fans what the Friday the Thirteenth franchise is? Do you think there are people out there who are unaware? I'm Maybe no. <laughs> knows. I don't know. If you don't, then why are you listening to this shit? <laughs> yeah, I mean it's been it's been made into every possible form of fucking. Uh, memorabilia oh yeah merchandise, merchandise. merchandise. they yeah. merchandise the shit so even if yeah. you haven't seen you know there's kids who have never seen these movies who are walking around like dressing up like jason for yeah Halloween yeah and, shit yeah. Like that. Totally. and I, I just love that I that's, that's actually funny precious. that you mentioned that you said that because in the crystal lake memories documentary uh, a lot of one of the actresses explains a story where her kids are going trick-or-treating and her son has like the jason mask and she's like you know i was in one of those movies he's like oh i've never seen them i just know who jason is right yeah, yeah like, oh like, it's a movie yeah, yeah. as a figure it's a like figure. it's yeah. mythical yeah like jason Voorhees has become i mean obviously like he was kind of like you know spooky and weird in the movies or whatever like he became i guess reanimated and like he's not human anymore right. in the beginning he was he is eternal but now like as as a, a franchise, like, his figure and the hockey mask is, like, it's bigger than the movies, even. Yeah. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, big time. Oh, yeah. yeah. He, yeah, he, his personality is bigger than the movies. And you're ready, the, ma- you're, you're ready. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have been drinking alcohol. We're all drinking you're wine this time, too. Oh, wait. Morgan I've done my wine. Oh, you Slut. Slut. The French champagne. Because, um, like, the mask is so very simple and also not part of the original plan. No, and isn't is that so interesting yeah. that it became so iconic, but at the same time wasn't even a part of it until, was it number three? Yeah, number three. Yeah. yeah. Like, that is an incredible thing. It just, it's a testament to how, like, marketing of things has sort of built it to be something bigger than it originally was cheapest mm. costume yeah like a ho- fucking hockey mask yeah. it's really cool i love it i personally the reason why the friday 13th series is is my personal favorite like jason Voorhees is my favorite like killer is because that was the first one of the first horror movies i watched totally. like when i was a kid and it just always resonated that nostalgia in me and i have 
Jason from Part 7 tattooed on my leg. And uh, I'd have to say that Part 7 is my favorite because that's the first one that I saw. But Part 4 is a very, very close second. Oh, this one? Like, yeah, this, this one, one I would like, say me is... Me and Morgan used to watch it mm-hmm. a lot in high school. And like Part 7 is just nostalgic to me because it was the first one that I saw. But also because Kane Hodder brought a brutality to the character that... Was close in part four, but a lot of the other Jasons are very, like, not as menacing. Right. Um, but the makeup job in part seven is just, like, mind-blowing and gross. And, like, when you see the worms on his face and everything. And um, Kane just brought this, like, sort of hatred to the character where he was, like, emoting. You know what I mean? And, like, a lot of the other Friday 13ths, like, he's just walking, stalking, like Michael Myers kind of. But mm-hmm. part seven, he's angry as fuck. And, like, that's what was, like, that's so new blood, fucking... Right? Yeah, that I was... New Blood, yeah. Oh, God, I love that one so much. New Blood, um, we were talking before we started this episode about how uh, I personally wasn't attracted to these movies based on the fact that they're filmed so dark. Like, most of them are filmed so dark. All at night. And because there was, like, very little dialect, and it was kind of boring and blah, blah, blah. Like, I just wasn't super drawn to them, but that is why I love New Blood, is because, like, when I saw that one, I was like, oh, I guess he's not that like you know like not that terrible to watch and it was the same with michael myers movies like i love when there was actually a kill but it's like fucking 20 minutes you're sitting there like waiting for a kill and when i'm a kid i'm fucking nine years old my attention span is like yeah yeah so i'm waiting Mm. for these like you know this like fucking movie that's gonna blow my mind and that's why like the freddy ones to me when i was a child a young child because there was so much happening all throughout all the movies so much silliness and he's comical and and he talks So the fact yeah. that yes, me and you're saying, you know, Kane Hodder brought this like personality to a character who has no personality. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think that's pretty neat. And as a kid, I obviously didn't understand it, but yeah, and but it's yeah, so funny. That job. was yeah. the first mm-hmm. one that I watched, and it scared the living shit out of me. Like Ooh. I remember watching it during the day at a friend's house, whose dad owned a video rental store, and the store closed down, and they kept all the tapes in their basement, was just like cool. piles and piles of tapes. Oh my god! And like I would go over there, and every time, like every time we'd hang out, I'd just be like let's pick a random movie and then one day we picked the new blood and i was like riding my bike home and looking behind me because i was afraid that jason was like behind me like i was i think i must have been seven i want to say i was like six or seven um but part four has always been a close okay i'm not gonna get into it right now but because friday 13th the series is like my favorite I, i i i admire each one in their own way right. and my favorites would have to be like seven four i like five a lot i love part five the one that's like not jason mm-hmm. i love that one a lot and it's funny megan how you were saying that um they're so dark i think part five is a lot more daylight shots oh well that's mm-hmm. good see i don't know them off by heart like you do because like yeah, said, yeah. it's just like i don't have that nostalgia bringing me back yeah, to yeah. watch it but definitely, um, like, Friday but, 13th is, like, number one for me. Yeah. And then Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. And then Halloween. Yeah. Like, because I, I do love the first Halloween. And this, I think the second one is, like, okay. Yeah. The third one is, like, not even part of the universe. But it's, like, brilliant. But it's awesome. It's brilliant <laughs> in its own way. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. So this episode is, like, me basically nerding out. And 
What about having the new a one massive? That came out? I never saw that? it. What oh, uh, I liked it actually. Like with the one with Jared Palada, Palada, like, like, Five years ago. Yeah, I actually yeah. really enjoyed it. You know why? Because they the fucking kills were brutal. I never the kills saw were right. really yeah. the kills were actually really really fucking brutal, and that's what made it watchable. But it's not one that I would own. Like if really? it was like, like if it's on Shutter, like and I'm like something to watch like while I'm working on notes or writing or something like that. It's good. But the kills are fucking so fun. You don't have like this compulsive need as a collector just to have it um you know I used to have it I actually I used to have it I used to have it but I sold it because I just didn't watch it as much I have to be like honestly it's very very rare that I'm in the mood to watch something that came out past 95 um but yeah it's uh this episode is like pretty much gonna be me like jizzing all over this fucking movie because I love Jason and like three of my boyfriends are in oh, this fucking movie. Shit. Yeah, they are. So yeah, I'm gonna be like yeah. fucking creaming my pants over here. But yeah, so let's begin with All some right. facts. So, um, uh, final chapter, it came out in 1984. It was directed by Joseph Zito. Uh, so we already started the movie and we're at the part at the hospital where they're watching that aerobics video. Which is like hilarious and yeah so that, 80s. that vhs is on my want list i would love to have that video because i'm pretty sure that's the same video that the dirty grandpa is watching in dirty work remember that movie with norm mcdonald yeah uh, yeah i'm pretty sure he's watching this video too but so y'all ready for some seinfeld yeah so at the like so we're at the beginning of the movie where nurse morgan oh her, name is, her name is morgan and um we missed the ambulance driver is that guy the rabbi yes he is <laughs> <laughs> okay sorry so yeah so this guy the guy who plays uh fucking uh, oh, axel in the hospital Ooh. his name is bruce Mahler. he's the fucking rabbi in elaine's building that tells everyone's secrets wow uh, did you not know that like before no really because that episode is one of my favorites because he's so he's monotone. in he's in a, he's in like three i think well the one i'm referring to is when george gets engaged and yeah like, and Elaine's then elaine like, is jealous she's like hey, yeah yeah him. oh i spoke to your friend elaine your friend yeah. elaine I yeah that's fucking axel that. i know elaine. your friend elaine will blah 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 and uh we missed it earlier but the guy that was driving the ambulance is uh fucking jerry's barber enzo enzo and that drama when they go into his apartment to cut his hair yeah and then like they find his the hair. Seinfeld is literally the most fucking insane, <laughs> insane show ever. And I love that there's more than one thing going on here. Yeah, I know, I know. With I love Seinfeld. It. And it's always a it's always a pleasure when there's a Seinfeld reference. I know. Because like I have watched some episodes. I'm not like as big a fan as you guys, and I just love watching you guys fucking lose your mind. I will over lend the shit. you like well, you have Crave, right? Yeah, isn't it's on it, there. It on yeah. Crave? And I've just like put random episodes on and yeah, watched yeah. like certain key ones. Like I've seen the fucking pirate shirt one and all yeah, that yeah. shit. Um, God, and like the man hands, is that the same one? No, that's the what the girl is deaf. Dude, the man hands, man hands, I've seen that one. one of the best episodes because there's so much going on in that episode. Mm-hmm. Like that's the one where George is dating. No, he thinks he's dating a model. Oh yes, and, uh, and like, he goes. He has the, a photo. He has the picture, and he keep he goes yeah, to the nightclub so the, the and he shows the photo. Yeah. Has the, is a model and she he was like I need another picture and like and then when Jerry goes into her rifles in her person then the fucking man hand like (laughs) grabs his hand (laughs) yeah Um, oh fuck we should just have a podcast about Seinfeld seriously we should (laughs) side Seinfeld stories (laughs) 
scene for me in the Halloween franchise don't even ask me which one it is because I don't know but where there's always a hospital scene where the hospital is pitch black first of all I've been to a hospital nurses are working on their 12 hour the shift. lights are always on non-stop yeah, it's they don't yeah, have to fool around no one yeah. has time to fool around and everyone's fooling around in this hospital in a Halloween. It's part two. There's, there's a in the Halloween yeah, the yeah. nurse, and then mm. puts her in the in the hot tub and boils. Yeah, her. that's part two. Yeah, right. In horror movies, for some reason, they really are drawn to these like empty hospital dark bitch. That yeah, never, when it's not like yeah. that at all. If you're in a hospital at like fucking like three in the morning, it's bright as fuck. Yeah, <laughs> you could never sleep in a hospital as someone that was like a patient. Like the lights are always on. They don't turn that shit off. Oh, the rabbi's getting it. Oh, he's getting his head shot <laughs> off. Oh, oh, but it's so funny it because yeah like I actually I've watched this movie a million times and I've watched Seinfeld a million times and uh I didn't realize that it was the guy from Seinfeld oh, until I fucking did say that I didn't know either I didn't know until I was doing my notes and I was like oh my god that that's the fucking rabbi that is incredible um, but this, this woman, uh, Nurse Morgan, uh, she's also in Back to the Future Part 1 and 2. She plays, uh, one of the, of, um, Lorraine's friends, so it's like a side character. Mm-hmm. But I find that funny because Crispin was also yeah. in Back to the Future, so they were both in this together as well. Cute. And she's also in Savage Streets, um, oh, cool. Breakin', and Ooh. she's also an author. I think she writes books now. Cool. Yeah. Breakin. Yeah. Breakin. Like the break Remember, we tried dancing. to watch that once, Megan. I mean, like yeah. Yeah, with JCVD. Well, and he's yeah. got that weird, like, outfit. The Yeah, he's the clapping. And, oh, like, my he's God, like, that's Arr. the best. Me and Megan, Shaking. we tried, when we used to live together, and we tried to watch Breakin one night. And we were, like, into it for, like, maybe half an hour. But then we're like, all right, this is just enough dancing. This is enough. Like, and you guys it's can't just too see much. me, but I'm, I'm doing bunny ears dancing like there were some oh yeah movements happening oh yes. well apparently the second one's even Fuck. better bunny ears. <laughs> quote unquote <laughs> better. yeah i don't have the second one but i still i still want to watch it because um our fucking boyfriend's in it lorenzo lamaz oh is he in the second one wait no 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 i'm wrong no he's in the break and rip off lorenzo. yes yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. please carlton Alfonso. Alfonso. Alfonso, yeah. Lorenzo. Lorenzo. Alfredo. Fucking, Alfredo. Alfredo's fucking snake eater. Pizza by Alfredo. Oh, Alfredo's man. pizza. Uh, all okay. right. This is going to be a deep episode. There's a lot of fucking detail. Elbow deep. Yeah. That's not how you do... She's never, <laughs> she's never going elbow deep in a pee. <laughs> she starts with her elbow. Listen, this it. movie had a budget and it had actors in it. We're not going to talk about any of it because we cannot focus. It had a budget and it had actors. Oh, fuck. Oh, man. Uh, well, so yeah, earlier you mentioned that it was meant to be the last one in the movie, uh, in the series. And uh, Paramount's president at the time, his son, I guess, like, was over Friday the 13th. And, um... Uh, because Frank Mancuso, he produced all the Friday Thirteenth sequels, and uh, he's he was Paramount's son in the eighties. Yeah. So he was over it and was like, "This is the last one because people don't respect my work, and these are just silly movies." Um, and then Paramount they agreed, <sighs> and uh, 
there was a decline in popularity and uh, they were like, let's just do one last one and then we'll bring Tom Savini back to do the special effects because he worked on the first one, but he didn't work on part two and three. And they were like, this is going to, like, you know, he's going to kill off Jason and this is it. This is going to be over. Lo and behold, people just wanted more. Like, there's, they just kept on pumping them out. I find that to be so interesting how it was like, yeah, uh, Frank Mancuso Jr. was like, yeah, like, I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, he was like kind of pissed off or whatever. He was resenting it because he felt like nobody respected him for working on them. But then <sighs> it was like the people spoke. Like, this is one of the biggest franchises of movies in horror. Mm-hmm. I just think it's funny that he was like, yeah, you know, it probably is spoiled rich yeah. Like, I, yeah, you yeah. know, like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm bored. And then he went and produced fucking Cool World. Wow, what an amazing movie. It was what, a, what a vision. Be, I was going to say, it was supposed to be groundbreaking. Yeah. Holy shit, that movie's a piece of yeah. fuck. It was supposed to be groundbreaking. And I think you're right, Morgan, when you say, like, he's like an elitist little spoiled mm-hmm. fucking brat. Yeah. Because horror fans, we've talked about this in almost every episode, horror fans in the 70s and 80s were not respected were not the majority mm-hmm. right it was still underground especially in the 70s the 80s of course had like their yeah thing. it started to so this doesn't count but it's like he probably had that mentality of like who gives a fuck about slasher movies let's make cool world yeah oh, God. The mass one yeah he's, he's like, like i'm not respected my dad is the president of paramount Man, let's kill jason off blah 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 meanwhile of all of the things that he had produced right. this is probably the most well, uh, enduring and lasting. Definitely. On the list of shit when I was doing research, I was like, not worth writing down, not worth writing down, like the work mm. he's done, like yeah. not worth it, like, and Cool World is literally... I remember. That was like one of the like, only other things. What yeah. year did that movie come out? Cool World? Um, it was... It was super I... early because it was one of Brad Pitt's like first like starring and I remember roles. when that movie came out and the hype was like insane because it was like a cartoon in a real life movie and I I watched it at the time and then I, I didn't remember it and then I watched it recently in in life holy shit I turned it off I don't I mean I watch a lot of garbage that movie like it, it's got to be really bad for me to turn a movie off and like I turned a cool world off wasn't there a Brandon Fraser movie that was cartoon and people too oh no. monkey bone monkey bone was that it but it, that wasn't yeah. cartoons though they no. were just that. Uh, they were like I think uh, it was claymation, claymation wasn't it? it was yeah. claymation. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But so otherwise there's another one. There is was, another one. There is and I can't. Well, not Roger Rabbit obviously. But obviously yeah, I was that's yeah, like yeah. the one. Yeah. But yeah, so a fun little fact about that aerobicized video that plays earlier. It stars a woman named Darcy DeMoss and she's also in Friday the 13th part 6. Really? Yeah. I thought that, that was kind of funny. So Fucking There's a lot of uh, interesting correlations and connections in this movie, actually. Mm, yeah. And uh, and I'm a huge nerd when it comes to Friday 13th. Like, I have the Crystal Lake Memories uh, Blu-ray and, like, the uh, His Name is Jason mm-hmm. DVD. But, like, when I actually, like, dug deep in my notes, I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe there was, like, all this trivia that I actually yeah. didn't know. Like, the nurse's name, like, Nurse Morgan, yeah. is it? an homage to Robbie Morgan, who played Annie in the first Friday 13th. Oh, interesting. Did, did not, not know, know that. that. Yeah, no, that's interesting. Um, the Jarvis home is the same house they used in Ed Gein. Remember that oh, movie? Oh, I did, yeah. I did oh, read cool. that, actually. Yeah, that's very yeah. cool. Um, yeah, so, suits. like, another fun thing about this movie is uh, this and Part 5 came out at the same time in Turkey, and they played them as a double feature, so that would be pretty cool <gasps> to be able to see part four and five back-to-back in theaters in yeah. 1985. Fuck yeah. That's Very pretty cool. fucking cool. 
but yeah, so let's talk a little bit about Joseph Zito. His directorial debut was a movie called Abduction, and it's based on Patty Hearst. Which is really I crazy. Must, I must watch this movie. Do you know who Patty Hearst is? It's that woman that was like a hostage, but then she turned and sided with the people that like captured her. It happened in the 70s. Yeah. Uh, so these people, um, she was like a hieress and like had millions of dollars like in her family name and everything and these people kidnapped her and wanted like a ransom but then they fucking what's is that Stockholm syndrome yeah yeah yeah. they like twisted her mind and uh made her believe their beliefs yeah and she it was like a militant like anti-government type group yeah and so they robbed a bank with her and she was like part of the robbery it was like huge in the 70s and she later in, so she did her time she went to jail and everything and later in life she started doing acting and she's actually really good friends with John Waters and she's in like most of John Waters's movies like she's in uh, a dirty shame like her she's life in sounds like made up so she was super super rich and then she was kidnapped and then she robbed a bank and then yeah, she was an actress yeah, yeah. she there's like, a book right? she has a book i really really want to read it so it's i didn't know that that Joseph Zito his first movie was a movie like based on her so I really Sounds want to watch like a hell that. Of a movie. Yeah. Um, so he also directed a movie called Blood Rage, but not the Thanksgiving. Not the Blood, Blood Rage, Rage that I know. It's about a killer that kills hookers. Okay. Well, like yeah. And uh, so a movie that I made Morgan watch. I don't know if you watched it, Megan, but The Prowler. Yes, The Prowler. Jesus Christ. That's a great movie. So I just watched The Prowler a couple weeks ago. Yeah, it, it's always been on my watch list. And I was like, you know what? We're going to record this episode. I, I have to watch it. And then I watched it and, like, immediately, like, told Morgan. I was like, you got, oh, my God. You need to fucking watch The Prowler. I legit was, like, blown away at how good that fucking movie is. It's, like, definitely in, like, in my opinion now, in, like, the top ten slashers. Like, I, the kills are brutal as fuck. Yeah, it was very well executed. While I was watching it, I could definitely get the, like, Friday the 13th vibe. Like, I definitely... It's got that, like, early 80s slasher vibe. But yeah, the kills were fucking incredible. Also, when I watched the movie, immediately, as soon as the movie started, I was like, I know who's the killer. Oh, ha, ha, ha. I was like, I bet you it's the sheriff. That's funny. I did not... the movie. I knew it. I knew exactly... Why do you always ruin everything for yourself? Me? Yeah. I was just wanted to see if I was right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ooh, oh, hey, Peter Barton and his oh short shorts. Oh my god! Short shorts. Jesus Christ, Peter Barton! I can see your balls peeking out of those shorts. Oh my god! He's like, I don't want anyone to look at my boner. Oh, I'll look at that boner any fucking day. Uh, we'll we'll get into him later. <laughs> yeah, so, you will. Um. But yeah, Joseph Cito, then he did a bunch of action movies. Like, he did a bunch of movies with Lots Chuck Norris. Lots of canon shit, yeah. Yeah, so he did Missing in Action, Invasion USA, Red Scorpion with Dolph Lundgren, and a movie in 2000 called Delta Force One. Oh, God. Uh, the Lost Patrol with Chuck Norris's son, Mike Norris. Oh. The movie's called Delta Force One, The Lost Patrol. Never have I heard a title so action-y. <laughs> right? I know, right? Delta Force One. One. The Lust Patrol. Yeah, like. <laughs> also, so long. Machine I know. guns go off yeah. every time. I know, right? Yeah, so I didn't know that Chuck Norris had a son that also acted. And um, Joseph also directed the music video for 
The Man Behind the Mask by Alice Cooper, which is the song for Friday 13th Part 6. That's cool. I thought that was pretty fun. I love that song so much. The best part of that song where he's like, no, don't turn out the lights. <laughs> oh, Alice Cooper. Ooh, Alice Cooper. Yes, that's scary. So scary. <laughs> um, but yeah, so when he... Um, uh, Joseph Zito, when he was hired for this movie, um, he was offered to direct and write. And then he was like, oh, but I'm not a writer. But then they offered him, like, double his wage. And so he was like, yes, I'm a like, writer. Yes, I am a writer now. <laughs> and, uh, but then instead, like, didn't tell them that he wasn't a writer. And he secretly hired a writer named uh, Barney Cohen to write the script for him. And they had to do these insane meetings because he would have to, like go to these meetings and then relay all the info to this Barney fella and then have to like get him to write like rewrite the draft and then like and then he would have to go to these meetings and pretend that he like rewrote the draft scandalous I know right right? yeah and like and Joseph he's credited as the writer like for the movie and him and Barney apparently got like and a lot of shit for it from the Writers Guild of America Apparently, yeah, there's, like, certain rules that actually ended up being written because of what happened. Well, I mean, it's basically plagiarism. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even though the guy knows it, it's still plagiarism. It's lies. It is, yeah. Yeah, like, he got paid for it, but it's like he paid him, this Barney guy, out of the extra money that he was getting. I gotta tell you, who cares? (laughs) I know, right? You know what I mean? The movie was written, it was written well, the guy who wrote it clearly didn't want the credit or else he would have said, fuck you, I wrote it, put my name on that yeah. shit. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. He was clearly cool with the whole deal. If he's cool with it and he's cool with it, I mean, why we gotta get politics about Why we gotta get the law? I know, right? right? Well, and it is kind of like the idea of a ghostwriter with a book, right? That's it's exactly like, what it is. You know, like you, I mean, you yeah, put he didn't your tell name the on it. producers and he didn't tell the exactly. fucking distributors. Exactly. And he didn't, oh, I get it, all right. Yeah. yeah. But. <laughs> Never mind, I get it. <laughs> When you put it that way. <laughs> That's funny. Super sketchy. I put it that way. When I talk myself through things, I understand them. <laughs> it did good. <laughs> Waving my hands a lot. Right. <laughs> uh, so you are dead. You are dead. It had a budget of approx 2.6 million Made opening weekend USA eleven million, and then worldwide between thirty two and thirty three million opening Crazy. weekend. So like, and, and again, tickets for the movies were what four bucks. Oh my yeah. god! So cheap. How even, could you be like, yeah. oh, slasher? The popularity of slashers are declining. Let's just kill this franchise off. I mean, like, Meanwhile, it makes like that? fucking five times the money in the opening weekend opening yeah. weekend yeah that's true that's literally just the weekend yeah right? like they they paid for that outright and then for it to go on and make three times more like mm-hmm. yeah, i don't know it just seems fucking again but to be fair probably half the people who spend money on the tickets not like it matters but they were just they were just finger banging in the theater you i know what oh with the, the popcorn yeah. that yeah. thing that's got the hole in the it. dick in your in the yeah, popcorn yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah hand jobbers yeah like horror movies i think back then <laughs> were i mean they were still the makeout thing right weren't they like yeah. they get your girl scared yeah also i like how you just said hand jobbers <laughs> 
now on. Would you like a hand jobber? Uh, you're you're one of those hand jobbers, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> We already talked about how Tom Savini came back and fucking crushed it. So oh. a little bit about our our man Thomas. Uh, <laughs> so he got his breakthrough role working with fellow Pittsburgh filmmaker George Romero, which at first I was like, I've never heard of this movie. And he only did the one major scene, and it was a wrist slashing mm. scene in a movie called Martin. Oh. oh, yeah, yeah. Martin is the... It's vampire. Like, it's like George A. Romero's, like, very, very amateur vampire movie. Yeah, and it's, like, kind of like Vampire's movies. Kiss, where it's, like, he thinks he's a vampire because he's insane. Oh, okay. Um, Neat. Yeah. I haven't seen it in a really, really mm-hmm. long time. I, I have remember, a copy. I remember I haven't it seen being it kind of boring. Yeah. But it's been a long time, like, honestly, maybe 15 years yeah. since, I've, since I've watched it. It could, it could have merit for other reasons, I guess. I, I definitely want to watch it. Mm-hmm. I, I have a copy, so... The kid looks like he's like a grown-up Damien. He's like super mm. weird, has a bowl cut. Ugh, bowl cut. I'm yeah. pretty sure. Strange. I could be making this up. I don't know. Sounds like I, it. I was really <laughs> drunk in college. College <laughs> 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 was a very drunk time for me. Yeah. I just want to talk about Tom Savini because whenever he's in, or whenever he's worked on a movie that we do, 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 butter. I, I want to bring <laughs> It's doo-doo, baby. <laughs> I always want to bring him up because I feel like one day he's going to be dead. And then we're going to be like, why did everyone die anymore when he was alive and with And so, you know, he, I just want to like, for people who are listening who haven't, just remind yourselves of all the great things that he's done. And, you know, and then I was reminded that he really branched out when he did those Slipknot masks. That was, I never saw those. I did hear about it though. Yeah, it was like in 2016 or something. Mm-hmm. Like it was. Recent. It was the last, the last album cycle. Or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he did these great masks for them, and the fact that I think a band reached out to him and he was like, "Yeah, man, I'll do your fucking masks." Like that is, I mean, Slipknot. He probably doesn't. Well, maybe he does. He's a cool guy. Yeah, but yeah. Who listens to? Dude, people do. It's weird. Okay, let me tell you. They They're just put, early albums. They just put yeah, an yeah. album out that is the number one selling album in America right now. They, it sold like 200,000 copies know. in the first week. People still buy albums? Dude, I know. I actually didn't even know that they were still a band, to be honest. And like she said this the other day yeah. to me, and I was like, mm-hmm. they're still a, they're still around. Okay, but you but know I'm, what? I'm out of the metal they scene, are. though. But that's like, weird because... Nicki Minaj's new album just dropped, and that is apparently the best-selling album of this year or whatever. So, like, well, how the fuck do you... This... The, the the world that we live in now is so quick that, like, that was, like, they released their album two weeks ago. So, like, it was the biggest album for that week. Good but for now, them, though. They deserve it, they, they, sure. They're nice guys. Like, Morgan has toured with them before. Yeah. I honestly, I like, I'm, yeah, I'm just... Fun. I'm not, like, totally, like, I'm out of the metal scene. and like. Oh, I, I have no idea what's going on. I, I only no know idea. because I actually follow Corey, and I, that's yeah, the only yeah. reason... I don't read any news about metal or anything like that. Yeah, I thought I... But good for them, though. Um, just pause this conversation. We're at the part where Crispin is dancing, and uh, I will get into him later, but I'm at very... Huge Crispin Glover. He's fucking fan. adorable in yeah. this movie. He's super and uh, I did not know after doing research on this movie that this dance scene was filmed while ACDC Back in Black was playing in the background, and then the Lion Song was they added over later. Yeah, and it's funny that the Lion Song is not on the soundtrack, and that song rules. Yeah, it's the only Love song. Is yeah. Alive. 
if you bought the soundtrack as someone before the internet when you can just look songs up, you would be mighty pissed. To right? I like, know, oh, right? This yeah. is an iconic scene. Yeah. I fucking love it. But anyways, back to Tom. <sighs> well, listen, that's all. I just wanted to kind of say that he's he's still around, guys. And uh, he's so pleasant he, too. He's just We've met him fucking a couple guy. times, and every time we talk to him, like he's just so fucking genuinely Lovely. nice. I want to get some of his books. He's apparently yes, written, like dozens yeah. of books about. And I love that he has his own school. Yeah, so I want to get some of his books. But more importantly, who would win, Crispin Glover or Ed Harris in a dance-off? Oh fuck! <gasps> more you know what? Uh, oh my god! This I is going to be tough for me to answer because I'm biased because I love Crispin Glover. But I think Ed Harris, Ed Harris. I think Ed Harris would win. Okay, so does okay, that mean that my minute. vote, my vote is the like the winning vote because you guys are each biased? Yeah, but but uh, are you aware of like Crispin's other eccentric? like acts of like weirdness in his career Ever. that might <laughs> trump the one single dance okay well i know well if we're show. just talking about dancing i know that this scene the dancing scene is literally that's actually him dancing yeah like, that's how he, he dances da- yeah he has goes to clubs or did and danced just like that he's fucking elaine it's insane no, um, another rhyme, you son of a bitch. I would love to have them poetry. dancing together, though. Like, no. them doing a dance-off together. That would be the bee's knees. Oh, my God. But, like, in now, their in their, in their I know, now, man. I know. So if they're, like, joints cool. move that way. Have we way. lost either of them? Because I feel like we... Ed Harris isn't dead, is he? For Pete's sake. No, 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 no. He's fucking old, though. Like, because he's in... Um, he's in Westworld. That show. Um, and he's, like, he's... He's uh he's getting up there. I don't know. Like I feel like I I'm not really sure how how to judge this. Like for craziness, like Crispin Glover Crispin would win. For sure. But like the Ed Harris is like he's got some hips. You know what I'm saying? I was yeah, just gonna yeah. say it draws your eyes to his. Yeah. You know what? Yeah, for sure. So <laughs> that's, that's why I'm looking at Crispin's. You know what? That's why I say it when they're standing in the that kitchen. That guy has his fist <laughs> through his junk hole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey. Um, I just want to say one more thing about Tom Savini though. I just I love all of the math in this movie like all the stuff that like Tommy Jarvis apparently made that we all know as horror fans that that's like Tom's mask yeah and it's like an homage to him in this movie I think it's really really cool it's adorable this is like the the Friday the 13th that's like the adorable one of the series I Mm -hmm. think um there's a, a lot of nostalgia in it with the masks with Corey Feldman as a kid and um, the Tommy Jarvis character, like the, the introduction of that character, where it's like part seven is just brutal as fuck. But um, that guy, uh, fucking dead fuck. Well, okay, Crispin's the dead fuck, but uh, the guy who says dead fuck, um, Lawrence Monison, Monasoon, I'm not sure how to say his last name, but he's the guy who's Ted. And, uh, you know, like, let me uh, type that into the computer. <laughs> You're a dead fuck. Uh, me and Morgan's sister used to say that all the time in high school. We'd always be like, dead fuck! Um, but that guy was in uh, that movie that is talked about in the Canon Films documentary, The Last American Virgin. Oh. It's a very interesting movie. I've never seen it uh, personally, but in the documentary they talk about it, and like it's uh, basically like a remake of uh, Lemon Popsicle or something like that. It's like the original... Uh, like Turkish movie that he made, but it's one of those like '80s movies where the kid is like trying to get laid, which is like a classic, like you know, like theme in a lot of like '80s 
movies mm -hmm. and uh, but apparently this one kind of pushed the boundary a little bit and it's a little bit more vile mm, than all of the other ones and uh, he was also in Mask. Oh, I've actually never seen the entirety of Mask. Really? Only, okay. Only like, yeah. yeah. And Sam Elliott. I've, I've only seen parts of Rocky it. Rocky Dennis, motherfucker. It's what? Just, <laughs> it's really sad. It's, what did you say? I said Rocky Dennis, motherfucker. Is that That's the guy's the guy. name? Oh. Yes, I feel like I don't, I've never, ever, ever fucking heard of you doing this or been around you doing this one thing, and that is watching a drama. It's I've never drama. seen you oh, watch, I watch lots the fucking of Divine Secrets of the Yaya Sisterhood. I've never seen you fucking mow down to like a really juicy, like, Fucking eat, pray, love. Like I've never seen you. Oh, do you're talking that. about like that kind of drama. Well, okay. this is this is heart wrenching. Like yeah, this yeah. is like a movie about like a disfigured human. And it makes yeah. you fucking cry. Like it's a fucking drama through and through. Yeah. And I've never ever ever called you and you've been like, oh, I'm just watching a, a, a fucking tearjerker over here. <laughs> never. <laughs> I I do watch them. I guess I just uh, mask is one that always. I don't know, like, I just, I remember it was on TV a lot, yeah. and I just never mm -hmm. started it from, like, I just never watched it from, like, beginning to end. Mm. But, uh, he, he was... He had cranial dysplasia, sorry, yeah. <laughs> but, but That's guys, let's, like, That's Eric, like, don't that, Rocky no, Dennis was played by funny. Eric Stoltz. <laughs> oh, fuck, Morgan. That's who played him. Yeah, I know, I, I do, I did know so that So just, like, picture, Stoltz. like, his hot face under Rocky Dennis's face, and then in the movie is... Who's the hot guy? Eric, Eric Stoltz? Stoltz? You don't think Eric Stoltz? You don't think he's he hot? No, who is that? Look, he's a mask. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, we're stuck in this. <laughs> like, body no, no, he's the drug dealer in Pulp Fiction. He's like right. one of the only good-looking, like redheaded, redhead, redheaded Yeah, yeah. Him and Josh Holm, I think, are like the only good-looking. Josh Holm is like. But who the fuck now, is Josh Holm? Uh, the singer from Queen uh, Stone Queen Age. Stone Age, yeah. I don't like singers. But ma ma Mask. <laughs> Mask is a good movie. Yeah, I should watch it. I have a copy if you would like to borrow it. If you would like. If you would like to, to borrow, borrow it. I'd borrow it. I'd borrow it. Um, I'd well, that it. guy that plays Ted, he's also in uh, Deep Space Nine and oh. Enterprise and Beverly Hills 90210 and ER and Starship Troopers 2. Too. They made so, a sequel. Oh, I don't know there was a second. Okay, I, I, I had a feeling you guys were going to say that. And I was like, you know what? I've actually never seen the second one because it looks atrocious. But they made a third one where <sighs> the original cast came back. And I actually heard that that one was amazing. And I want to watch Did Michael the Ironside one. come back? Uh, no, he died. Never mind. Yeah, but like, uh, Casper Van Diem comes really? back. Really? Yeah, Casper Van Jaw? <laughs> yeah, man. I'd go there. Uh, was, did you know that there were three Lost Boys movies? Yes. Ugh. Yeah. We watched uh, so we'll get to the one. Yeah. Hellman, but what? I know. I know. We watched, I think I watched one of them. I, th I want to say it was called The Tribe. Yeah. Yeah, The Tribe. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I think we talked about it in the Lost Boys episode. Okay, well, I wasn't listening because <laughs> I was, it was also like two years ago. Present. So. <laughs> um, so I just want to get back to the actual movie my Austin Powers. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and just some interesting facts. So Victor Miller, who is the creator, mm -hmm. um, he got the name Jason from combining his kids' names, Josh and Ian, into Jason. Jason. I did not know that. Yeah. That's so I really thought weird. that was pretty neat. And Voorhees, the last name Voorhees, was inspired um, by a girl Miller knew in high school whose last name was Van Voorhees. Interesting. And he said that when he heard it, like, even as, like, someone in high school, like, a fucking, I was going to say infant, you're not that in high school. 
even as an adolescent, yeah, he was like, Borgies, that's fucking creepy. It does and sound held creepy. on to it and, and then used it in that film, which was pretty neat. Um, and also, Jason, the character, was not originally um, disformed. The crew, which I thought was really interesting, because since when does a director really give a fuck? Or, like, a creator, you know? But apparently the crew of the first movie was like, no, we gotta make this kid fucking gnarly. Like, we gotta, like, fuck him up. And he was like, really? okay, we'll give it a shot. And then after they shot it, he was like, he's he should have been disformed from the get-go. Like, of course, that's great. Um, and Miller wanted... A Carrie-type ending, he said, that in quotations, to the first one, which is why he put that dream sequence in. Right. He added it. Because he was like, you remember at the end of Carrie, where there's that dream sequence yes. of the survivor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the hand comes, out, hand dream. comes yeah. out. And so that was his Carrie moment. Oh, okay. At the awesome. end. So it's the same. It's a dream sequence. Yeah. It's a shocker. Yeah, yeah. And that's how he wrapped it up. And it like is so... Like, endings like that, I feel like no one wants, like, a pretty package at the end of a horror movie. Well, it's just like Nightmare on Elm Street. Like, at the end when it's, like, also another dream sequence when the mom is taken right. through the yeah. fucking window. And I love how she gets, like, through the Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's so It's like a fucking, like, uh, paper mache body. Yes. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's and the at best. the end of Freddy vs. Jason, mm-hmm. where Freddy's got the little... Oh, oh yeah, oh that's God. a fun movie. I just love. I think that it's really uh, impact. It has a lot of impact. Yeah. At the end of a movie where people are like letting go of their partner's hand, they're like, oh, "Okay, it's safe now." Yeah. Like, ree, ree, yeah. Ree. Yeah. Yeah. One last time to get in there, and it also kind of leaves it open for it's like, will there be a sequel? Will there not? Like, is because it's a dream sequence. Does that mean that right. there will be a sequel? So it's like you can't really figure out whether or not there'll be more. Which right. is cool. This man lurking in the water looks like John Travolta right now, and I don't know why. Hairy chest, jean shorts, brown hair. Those are very short shorts. Mm-hmm. Why is he wearing them in the water? Why don't you just take your fucking that's, shorts uh, off? That's what you did in the 80s, man. Jeans, so that's mm. Paul, and uh, Paul is played by Clyde Hayes, and uh, he was in The Bold and the Beautiful, and <laughs> that fucking movie, Neon Maniacs. Oh, yeah. Did you ever mm-hmm. watch that movie? You know what? I have... Oh, wait. No, it's I did a... see it. I did see it. It's okay. Like, I think it's kind of overrated, yeah, to be honest. Yeah, it was a little boring. I remember, oh, I never I remember being bored. It's like all these different kind of, like, demons slash ghosts. And, like, it's silly. It's not... I mean, I, I would buy it on VHS, but uh, it's not one that I would be like, oh, I really feel like watching Neon Maniacs right now. Like, I don't know. Right. I watched it a couple times, and I was just like, yeah, it's, like, cheesy, and I like cheesy, but... Uh, I don't know. I don't think it's that great. Um, but, uh, so Paul, his girlfriend, is played by one of my favorite characters in this movie, actually. Um, uh, some, uh, sorry, Samantha. So Judy Aronson. Um, I think she's gorgeous. Uh, for some reason, I've always been, like, drawn to her character in this movie. Um, so poor Judy, she almost fucking died. Judy, 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 Judy! It's <laughs> not funny! It's not funny! She almost died of hypothermia, Megan! <laughs> but like in the, um, in the Crystal Lake Memories, uh, documentary, like, they're, uh, interviewing her, and yeah, she had to be rushed to the hospital because of the scene where she's on that little boat. And uh, her lower part of her body was submerged in the That's water. That's the fucking director being a piece of dick. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Like, oh, the 80s, piece. I guess they didn't have, like, fucking, like, you Unions know. Unions or fucking. Yeah. Like, teams where they took care of people's health. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, budget, well, budget constraints, too. Yeah, I too. know. So her body was, like, her lower half was submerged in the water, and then they had the fa- her fake back on the boat while her head and her arms were resting on the raft, and he comes up in the water and, like, stabs her from underneath. But, like, that shot took a really long time, and, like, between cuts... Like, they kept her in, like, fucking freezing cold water. And Ted White actually threatened to quit if they kept keeping her in the water in between takes. And they got into this, like, huge fight. And Ted was like, fuck you, Joe. Uh, Take my name out of the credits. Like, this is bullshit. Um, and she got rushed to the hospital and she like almost died of hypothermia. Which That's is, crazy. Like, insane. like I, what, It's like, but I feel like that actually happens in the 80s a lot in, like, a lot of productions you know like like a lot of a lot of dangerous things because like for the sake of saving a bit of money and like the actors are actually and it was like totally legal it's bonkers but um good for ted white for fucking yeah because as a stuntman i'm sure he understands like that like sometimes these things can be dangerous and like these are kids yeah, right yeah, he was like an old fucking no, right? man but he's like, like yeah you can't put people in these kinds of situations I know. um but yeah so uh she now owns her own pilates studio in california um and uh she's i think like i'm not sure if she's still acting but i'm a fan of a lot of her earlier movies as well um but she was also in an episode of that fucking show that peter barton was on the powers of matthew star mm-hmm. the photos from that show alone like when i i was like this and it, and when i was like looking into it it said like the well-known or like the well-renowned i was like what the fuck is this like, it's like this really early like is it like late 70s early i 80s? think so but it was like well-renowned like but like what it only had like one season or like one or have... two or something but yeah, yeah it was like the first thing that came up like it was the, the most photos? important piece like of the information the funniest there. thing i've ever yeah. fucking oh seen my in my God. life though it's like that's some fucking like uh logan's run shit yeah like good call yeah yes. i i really want to watch it if i ever find it like used on dvd i will totally buy it um but she was in an episode with him on that show and she is probably more known for weird science yeah definitely mm-hmm. and uh i love weird science in my opinion i think it's john hughes best movie and uh she was also in american ninja with michael dudikoff oh I yeah fucking, i posted the dude that. the, the dude. dude the dudikoff i posted a photo once on my on instagram when I was watching American Ninja and I tagged her and she like liked it and she commented on it and I was like, oh my God. Like I totally that's like, cool. yeah, that's I had really like sweet. a little like fan moment. Like that's so adorable that she even like fucking commented on it. That's cute. I know. Like I was like, thank you so much. Like the fact that like actors, you know, like will take the time to like reach out and yeah. talk to their fans. Like, yeah, that's I, fucking I really, really cool. appreciate that. So I love, I love Judy Aronson. I really do. Um, she's also in this, uh, uh, anthology movie that is one that I've not seen. It's called After Midnight. Hmm. And she's in a movie called uh, The Sleeping Car. And it's very interesting. Yeah. I like mm-hmm. that movie a lot. It's got fucking David Naughton from uh, American Werewolf in London. I love him. He's such a cute. Oh, you would love this movie. You would love this movie. He like goes back to school and she's another student and they start to hang out, but he's like much older and she's always like. You know, he looks like, like Josh Gallagan, like exactly. yeah, he totally does. Yeah, exactly. yeah. curly whirls. Yeah, well, that movie sounds cute. Uh, it's adorable. I'll lend it to you. Thank I like, I like it a lot. Thank but you. I really like, I I like Judy Aronson, especially after she commented on my post. I was like, you fucking rule. Um, I just wanted to say that her grandfather was the head honcho rabbi, and that is it. What's that mean? <laughs> I'm so glad you asked. Yeah. Story time. So, her 
grandfather was Rabbi David Aronson, president of the Rabbinical Assembly of America. Whoa. So he was president of the Rabbi Society of America. That's so fucking he the fuck That's a big deal. Rabbi he was number one rule. rabbi motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. Like the ring to rule them mm-hmm. all or whatever. Yeah. That is. The yamaka to rule them all. Yes. <laughs> yes. So she's like. Like a like a fucking Jewish princess kind of, Whoa. like a Jewess, a Jewess, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like a fucking well respected Jewess. That's, that's incredible, awesome. actually. That's cool. Yeah, oh, so, shit. And I mean, your facts were cool too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we have, whatever we our facts combined together provided the best facts. Our I'm facts combined, Robinson. we are Captain Witchfinger. That's good. That's Captain America. Ding. That's good. Captain Planet. Captain, Captain Planet. America. Fuck my Captain America. My notes for her were literally got hypothermia, had an awesome grandfather. That's cool. Amazing. That's cool. That's cool. That's cool. That's cool. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. I want to talk about Peter Barton. Okay. Let's talk. Yes. I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. I've talked about Corey before, and I will. But I love Crispin. But seriously, like. Fucking when I was a kid, when I used to watch this movie, I had the biggest crush on Peter Barton. He is so no. Let me tell you. Yes, let me tell you something. Peter Barton is like everything that I see that you like in a guy. He just Uh, looks like Freddie Mercury, like so much. Dude, Peter Barton. He's got that jawline. Like he is like he's got such angular face. He is so fucking hot. Okay, I will let you begin, and then I'll jizz all over him after you're done. Alright. Peter Barton. Beat out Tom Cruise for the lead role in a movie I don't care about. What movie? I don't know. I, don't, oh. I didn't write it down because I was so pissed. All I all I read was that he beat out Tom Cruise for a role oh. in this movie. It was no, that it movie! Was, it was, no, it was, it was that show. show! It was, it was show. that show! It was Matthew Star show! It was that show! Yeah, yeah, You know yeah. what? And that's why I was like, oh, it was a big deal show. Tom Cruise would have made it a bigger deal. Why don't you go fuck yourself, you Actually, do you know what? I feel like I disagree because I think that because the show sounds like it was a piece of shit that Tom Cruise dodged a bullet and his career would have probably gone down the tank. How dare you beat him out though? But no, that's, beat him that's off, true. Maybe. Beat, him beat him off. Yeah. They were probably like, Tom Cruise, you need to fix that tooth. And he was like, I'll do it. And I'll become the biggest fucking actor in the world. And he did. Well played. The end. He's, He's like above. He's above hum- humanity. And the- <laughs> oh, I could talk about him all day. <laughs> the only other thing about PB that I wanted to say. PB. Peanut butter. My man PB. <laughs> Peter Is Barton that- and Jelly. <laughs> Peter Barton and Jelly. <laughs> Is that he was I'll in Baywatch, Love Boat, and Pacific Blue. Now, Beautiful. Beautiful. If I'm not mistaken, those are all water themed shows. Oh my god. They were Whoa. like, let's just get this boy wet and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, and then he dies in the shower in this fucking movie. Oh my god! <laughs> Whoa! Yes, me just get warm. It's like he holds all the secrets to Atlantis. He I does. Know, right? Is something. he Poseidon? Yes, he is he Poseidon? <laughs> I begged a shock stock to bring Peter Barton. I was like, can you please? He still does cons. And I I don't know. I think they were like, yeah, okay, we'll look into it. But like, I I would die. Like, he still looks good. I don't give a fuck. He still looks good. And I would go there. Well, it's a 10 year anniversary coming up. So you should probably try harder and you can make it happen. 
Apparently, Peter Burton was also named one of the ten sexiest guys yes, in soap was. operas and in Playgirl. Okay, am I Playgirl? In Playgirl. Yeah, because he was like a huge soap opera dude. Yeah, because he was on like Young and the Restless and also Bold and the Beautiful. I'm trying to see uh, what other interesting facts. Um, I got the facts. <laughs> I got the facts. Oh, he was kind of cute, wasn't he? Dude, yeah. have you not seen the beautiful but again, he's only cute because he looks exactly like john travolta oh god he's so hot i can't even get over it like it's That's like john it's travolta. the jaw it's literally it's the jaw he's, he's got like he's a babe he he's could babe. cut glass with that chin he's fuck yeah man eyeballs doesn't he okay so he initially didn't actually want the role of doug for the movie because he had a bad experience working on Hell Night yeah. with Linda Blair. Mm-hmm. So he stated that he just didn't want to do horror anymore. But Amy Steele uh, was friends with him from working together on that fucking The Powers of Matthew Star show. And she convinced him to do it. And um, this is kind of interesting. He has, like, bad luck with getting hurt on set. So the scene where he dies in Friday 13th, um, he actually got his head slammed into the bathroom mm-hmm. wall, Holy even fuck. though Ted White, good guy Ted White, asked the crew to put a crash pad on the wall. Yeah. Being, like, a stuntman, he's got experience with that. But, like, fucking Joseph was like, nope, just smash his yeah, head. Yeah, just bonk his yeah, head. Yeah, just, like, fucking do it. And um, he also got injured on uh, Matthew Starr. He got burned really badly. And Ooh. the show actually had to t- take a break for a whole year. Whoa, what? Whoa. Yeah. Maybe that's why the show like didn't end up being I such know. A, a big and, thing because that's and he also got injured in Hell Night because there's a scene in Hell Night where he gets thrown down the stairs and he actually fucking like really hurt his leg. Wow. So no wonder he like doesn't want to do horror movies, right? Right. Um, but yeah, like so as you said earlier, notice how he, he was um, never hurt submerged in water though oh it's because he's he's poseidon (laughs) it's because he's got his trident Poseidon. um but yeah so as you said earlier he's done a lot of soap operas was voted one of the 10 sexiest guys in soap operas by playgirl um he was actually accepted into medical school but he changed his mind and decided to pursue modeling and acting oh you know what that was that's a fact i did not know but it makes me think like wow okay so if he was accepted into medical school he's not just a pretty face I know, right? That makes him even hotter. God damn it, Peter Barton. I like it. Um, but my last fact about him, it's actually pretty interesting. So there's this dude. He's a millionaire. His name is Ray Falk. He's from Illinois. He was just a huge fan of him. And when he died, he bequeathed him and his Hell Knight co-star half a million dollars each. Because he was crazy? such a huge fan of them. He never had any family. He was never married. He never had any kids. Aww. And he was just such a huge fan of the movie Hell Night. And um, uh, Peter Barton and his co-star uh, had never even met this person. And he died and uh, was like, you each get half a million dollars. And it was actually part of a TLC show called Suddenly Rich. Interesting. I loved that show, didn't I? I've never heard of it, and I was like, whoa, that's crazy. Can you just imagine, like, one day, like, being like, somebody, half a million dollars gets Somebody that, like, you've never met before. That's that, a dream, though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that, like, literally just, like, respect. But, like, think about it, like, because that happened in the, t- in the mid-2000s. Mm-hmm. Like, somebody that liked his fucking shit from, like, 30 years ago was like, when I die, take my money. 
God, I hope that happens. To I know, me. right? That know. is that is literally the. It's an incredible. It's an incredible idea. It's it's just really strange. Like Hell Knight of all movies, this guy was like, I love this fucking movie. I know, movie. right? I that's another movie that I find kind of overrated, to be honest. I mean, it's not bad. Like it takes place like during Halloween, and they're at a costume party, and Linda Blair is like cool. But I don't know. I never really. Maybe like, he just thought he was it. hot, and he was like, Peter Burton, I want you to have my money. Oh my God, I'll just give him his. My body. Yeah, take Just it. Just take my body, Peter take Burton. It. Does anybody know what he does now? Because I find it interesting that he was on the TLC show, Suddenly Rich. And, like, here's a weird thing. It's, like, people think that, like, just because you're in movies, maybe that you actually are rich. But that doesn't mean no. that he's still rich, right? No, no, no. I've seen that show. I've seen that show. Mm. Uh, Wife Swap. The the small guy from Austin Powers was in it. Uh, Troy Vernon or whatever? place was a fucking dump. It was small. It was, like, the size of your apartment, Yasmina. So, like, a, a normal, like, one or two bedroom apartment size. For someone who was in the Austin Powers movies, mm-hmm. going to red carpet events, blah, blah, blah. And it was falling a fucking part. Like, the man was struggling for real. And mm-hmm. he was like, it's not because I wasted my money. When you live in a place like Hollywood or wherever, your money doesn't go far mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's just a weird a weird um, misconception that people have about people that are like quote unquote celebrities or like musicians even like I'm sure that there's lots of people that are like with yeah. my situation with the yeah. band uh, there were people that were like well why are you why are you crowdfunding say the documentary yeah. you know aren't you rich like no it's like you definitely I'm don't sorry. know how the music industry you works. have <laughs> actually no fucking idea right it's like so I just I wonder about that because like. Obviously, Peter Barton, I don't think he acts anymore. I'm not sure what he does, but I just think it's interesting that he was on that show. I'm sure He's just a eternally good-looking man. Yeah, I'm sure that there's people that would assume that, though. Oh, you're in a movie, you must yeah, be yeah. rich. You were in a movie that one time. Yeah, yeah like yeah. 30 fucking years ago, yeah. right? Well, that's, yeah, that's annoying. You know what else is annoying? How in movies, especially back in the day, PSOs were Coors Banquets on that table. Yeah, I saw it. Nice. I saw, I saw it. How... Everyone who smokes weed in a movie, like an 80s slasher, gets so high they find everything funny. Maybe when I was 12, I found everything funny when I got high. Right. But like, they're always smoking weed and they're always like, they're, they're always the ones who never notice anything else going on. I'm yeah, I hyper know. alert when I'm stoned. I'm like, what was that? Oh, what yeah, that? I know, right? Like, I know. What have these people making these characters never That's funny that you say that because you just made me think of the stoner in part seven and he uh, opens, like, he's got like a gift that was meant for the guy who doesn't show up to his birthday party because right. Jason kills him. Yes. And it says uh, uh, personalized penis enlarger yeah. and he opens the box and it's a, a fucking magnifying glass. I love that part. What is brilliant. Because he's stoned. Oh, he's stoned. Oh. Because <laughs> he's like the stoner in that movie. However, the stoner in Freddy vs. Jason is pretty funny. Oh, I like that part. That guy's pretty funny. I like funny. that whole trippy part. Yeah, yeah. But again, it's like... Weed is not a psychedelic drug. It does not that make you... That you out? No, it makes you more alert. <laughs> it does not make you hallucinate. It does not no, make you... No, it doesn't. You know, yeah, like, no, know. see whoop-de-whoops. Like, yeah, but back in the man. 80s, though, like, it, weed was still considered, like, on the same... Yeah, and back in the 80s... ...level as, like, fucking, like, dank coke. as shit. Like, my mom told me, she was like, when in, like, the 70s and 80s, when we were smoking weed, she's like, if we ever smoked the weed that you go smoke, smoke now, we would die. 
because like the weed that they smoked back then was like nowhere near the potency. I know we've continued to like crossbreed, and it just like get that THC. Up, yeah, up, up. exactly. And now we've got like twenty five percent THC fucking buds you can smoke, and you're like, <laughs> I am one with the couch yeah. now. Do you remember? I fucking love the drug free America commercials from the like eighties. Do you remember the one commercial where like the kids are in school and like the bully like badass guy with the leather jacket like hands like the nerdy kid like some joints he's like hey man like you want to get high and he's like no thank you and he's like what are you a chicken and he's like i'm not a chicken you're a turkey you're a turkey do you oh remember that no. you know i remember that commercial i vaguely remember it yeah <laughs> Yeah. The ones I remember were the frying pan. It went, oh, yeah, oh, brain. yeah. They cracked the this egg. This is your this brain, is on, brain drugs. on drugs. I, or the, the wire brain. The wire brain one, snip. that's, ex- yeah, and it's like, but I, I think, think that was, that was crack. Coke or crack, crack or something, yeah. Yeah, because, yeah. like, weed, like, come on, it's it's not. It's not even a drug, man. And here's the other thing. Literally, you can go to the corner store now and buy weed here Do you know how many fucking kids? Here's a little PSA for everyone getting ready with your fucking stupid children that you've chosen. To bring to the world. No one is going to offer your kids drugs. It's not going to happen. People who have drugs want drugs. They don't want to give them away for free. Like, what is wrong with these people who are like, all these commercials with kids that, hey man, you want drugs? No one is giving away drugs for free. I've looked. They're not out there. <laughs> are they like, do they even still do those commercials like now? They know, but it's all over the radio because they're oh. they're being like, watch your kids' Halloween candy for drugs. They're right? gonna be putting um some weed gummies pills. is what they're saying now. No one is giving away weed gummies to no. children. Yeah, like, fuck they that. are saving I'm, that shit for themselves. I know, like I'm paying for this on. shit. Why would I give it to some Razor blades, kid? Maybe. Yeah. Drugs? Never. I know, right? <laughs> Oh, oh, by the God. way, Peter Barton's in the shower right now. Oh, my yeah. God. He's so hot. Is this when he gets it? Yeah. yeah. Well, let's talk about Ted White. Okay. Mr. Jason. Mr. Jason. Let's talk about Jason. Mr. Jason Voorhees. Um, he was the oldest man to play Jason Voorhees. Yeah, he was 58. He was 58. Yeah. I literally cannot believe that. That's incredible. Um, he was offered to play Jason in parts five and six but he turned them down and he regretted it later in life um so we talked about him earlier being a stuntman um he started his career as a stuntman and he has doubled for fucking john wayne that's cool fucking clark gable that's incredible the creature from black lagoon yeah he was Uh, the guy like he was the stunt he was a stuntman in planet of the apes fucking soylent green I did up. not know. I honestly, and now that I know this stuff, it actually kind of like makes me a little sad because I met him at um, a Comic Con one year. I got him to sign my final chapter poster. He was very odd. He had a spittoon. He legit was chewing tobacco and had a fucking spittoon at his signing booth. And I was like, that's weird. But what is it, I don't the 1880s? Care. Yeah, like, like what the fuck? I was like, but whatever. I don't care. Like, he's Jason in my second favorite Friday 13th movie, whatever. And then when I was doing my research on this, I was like, fuck, I wish I knew all this stuff before. Because, like, to me, that's pretty fucking incredible that he doubled for John Wayne and Clark Gable. Like, yeah. that's crazy. It's pretty big deal. I can't believe I didn't fucking know that. Um, 
but aside from his uh, stunt work, um, he's also acted in some stuff, and he also acted in that movie Demonoid, which I've never seen. Mm-hmm. Um, the cover looks amazing. Tron. Yep. Uh, Tron Funkin' Blows. <laughs> uh, he's in Romance, Romancing the Stone. Yeah. I've never seen that movie. Oh, oh my god, you must. I Michael know. Douglas. Okay, that was the movie that made me be like, I love Michael Douglas. Really? And I think okay. I, no, I think it's on well, I've lo- I loved him before, but when I watched it, I was like, okay, Michael Douglas is hot. Is. That's where I was like, okay. Because it's, You kind of changed my mind, because mm-hmm. I used to think that he was revolting yeah. in uh, Basic Instinct. Well, but, but, like, in the 90s, like, he, like, was cast as a certain kind of person, but, like, early... Because the romance like in the stone is, like, 84, I think. Like, he's, mm-hmm. like, young, and, like, in the movie, he's kind of, like... Like, uh, kind of funny and endearing in it, and I don't know, when I watched it, I was like, okay, I think I get it now. Okay, cool. I get it, so I would recommend yeah, it. Yeah, I also, should watch um, it. The sequel as well, the end. <laughs> uh, well, Ted White was also in uh, Starman, and I'd have to say that it's probably the only John Carpenter movie that I don't like. Yeah. I didn't really like Starman. He's also in The Hidden, uh, that uh, Morgan hasn't seen yet. I know, blah, blah, blah. Have you seen The Hidden, Megan? I don't know. God damn it. it. Fucking bitches. <laughs> um, watch The Hidden. It's so good. It's Kyle MacLachlan, and he's like a fucking alien, like FBI, like bounty hunter. It's amazing. Um, Wait, is he the alien? No, he's, he's the a... bounty hunter. He's like, but he works for the FBI. It's like X-Files. They're like hunting this like alien that like fucking can like um, use humans. But they can like, the aliens like come out of their fucking mouths and they're like. Well, I guess they kind of are like shells. Yeah. But it's species? awesome. species? <laughs> I'm thinking. <laughs> um, no. But they, they're hosts. So they're like, they use like humans as hosts. But, like, the alien is, like, the slug thing that comes out of their mouths. It's, it's fucking badass. Species isn't like that, it. though, right? No, she's, species she's just, she's just, like an alien. Yeah, she's she is an alien. alien. It's just interesting that you mentioned that, because that was also that Frank Mancuso Jr. Wham, wham, Paramount son. <laughs> he produced those movies. Oh, that makes <laughs> that man is perfecting to know because of what you said wham, about wham. him. Really um, Ted White was also in uh, X-Files. And, uh, but yeah, as we talked about earlier, um, he had a tumultuous experience working with Joseph on the film and asked that his name be removed from the credits. And, um, he didn't get along with Corey Feldman at all. They hated each other. Uh, in the Crystal Lake Memories documentary, like, Corey Feldman is like, I, like, he hated me. He was, like, so mean to me. And then, like, when Ted White's talking, he was like, he was just a little brat. He had, like, the fucking attitude. And, like, so at the end of the movie where Corey Feldman is, like, stabbing, uh, Jason, Corey Feldman, like, uh, apparently pretended that he was actually hacking Ted White. I gotta take Ted White's side here because when you're dealing with a yes. child actor at the caliber of Corey Feldman, who I have to admit, I have never watched a performance of his and gone, he was a great actor. I always thought he was a bullshit actor. I always thought he looked into the camera. I always thought his lines were delivered. Like, I never thought Corey Feldman should have been this superstar that he was. I just always thought that he was hot. Fair enough. Never. No. Gross. But I can... <laughs> that... I get it. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I get it. But I always thought he was this bullshit little twerp. And I get how an older man can be like, oh, this fucking kid who just has had money his whole life because he's been a star since he was fucking five... I think he's pretty good in Lost Boys. He's Listen, pretty Ted White was like, motherfucker, I doubled for John Wayne and That's this little piece of yeah, shit is coming in here calling the shots. Yeah. 
I, you know what? I do agree with that. But he was okay, but he was also entertaining in Gremlins. That doesn't mean he was good. I don't even remember Do you him know what Gremlins. I mean? That doesn't mean he was mm-hmm. like... Yeah. A good, just because, I don't know, like entertaining is one thing. Like in the Goonies, they were all entertaining, but I don't necessarily think that that was like a movie where I would be like, all those kid actors were phenomenal. You know what I mean? The, mm-hmm. the kid actor in The Sixth Sense... He was a good fucking actor. Mm-hmm. I don't know his name because Haley Joel Haley Osment, Joel Osment or Ooh, whatever. He's got the weird face. Yeah. He's still he he's a man baby, baby now. Baby. It's yeah. weird. Yeah, he's he's but I like him though because I loved him in Drunk History. Or like even Matilda, the chick who played Matilda. She was a great child actor. Like she had some range. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like that girl. But Corey Feldman, I don't know. I just always thought he was kind of high pitched and. Well, I grew up loving him. Um, everybody, all the girls in the 80s had, like, an infatuation with one of the Corys. Not and me. it was like, you didn't like any of them? I was a different kind of kid. Yes, you were. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, there was always, like, most girls, excluding Morgan, uh, were, like, either, like, Team Corey Haim or Team Feldman. And I was Team Feldman. My, my best friend, like... Uh, growing up, she was Team Haim. Um, but Feldman has like a fucking Charlie Sheen face. You don't think Charlie Sheen's kind of hot? Oh my god. Oh my god. Like, Charlie Sheen and Ferris Bueller's Day Off, dude. Charlie Sheen looks like one of those apples that you leave out and it goes all wilty. <laughs> okay, but now! <laughs> now! So like, Charlie Sheen in the 80s was fucking hot, dude. <laughs> it looks like You know what's okay? Back to differ, you know... To each his own. You love the pointy nose guys. Just admit it. That's well, admit and then it. fucking Crispin Glover. We're not even there yet. That's We're not even there yet. I know. I know. You, you like pointy nose guys. That's Very particular. It. Um. Okay. Well, we talked about Corey Feldman and the Lost Boys episode, yes. but that was a couple years ago. So we're just gonna do a quick refresh and add a little bit of new information about Corey Feldman. Okay, so I know Corey Feldman is super fucking weird now, but I still love him. I can't help it. I just grew up loving him. And what I like about the character of Tommy Jarvis was that this is the first Friday the 13th film to have a kid as the main final person as opposed to a final girl right. like it was like a little boy instead of a final girl right. and um tommy jarvis was actually intended to be the new killer in the following films oh. so they did intend to end this movie like the series with part four but then when they started like you know talking about doing a part five they were like let's make tommy i actually vividly remember this like when the movies came out um that I heard, like, rumors that Tommy Jarvis was gonna be the next Jason. I actually remember fucking reading that shit in Fangoria, like, when I was a kid. And, uh, obviously it didn't go that way, but, um, I remember watching part five and being so, so sad that Corey Feldman didn't play him, because it was, obviously he was still It was the fake Tommy, and then the fake fake Tommy. Yeah, I know, I know. 
Um, but his first acting gig was when he was three. He's been acting since he was fucking three years yeah. old. Like, that's insane. McDonald's commercial? That McDonald's commercial. Yeah. That Christmas sounds like commercial. some parents pushing I know. for some paycheck But at the same shit. time, it's, it's also kind of impressive. Like, I know it's like, kind of like, okay, like, child actors are like, fucked up. And he is like, pretty fucked up right now. Like, especially with all like, the rape and everything. Yeah. But, like, the fact that you've been like, actually working since you were three years old, like, that's crazy that's to me. That's not, a, it's not a good thing though. No. Like, you said Morgan like no child should be making money at three that is yeah. not something a child should be doing well yeah he especially yeah he didn't have a normal parents, like, that's not parents okay. get fucking weird I, let me tell you as someone who has been in a, experiences with parents with underage people they get weird and it's like when you have a three-year-old or a four-year-old five-year-old and they're doing commercials and they're making more money than you could ever yeah. imagine in the blink of an eye what do you think those people are going to do? They're going to slave drive their child or they're going to like take the money and do shit with it. You know what I mean? Like okay. I feel, I really feel for Corey However, Feldman. however, speaking as someone who has the capacity to have children, mm-hmm. here's the thing. I mean, you know, he says he claims he started the emancipation um, proclamation in Hollywood because he emancipated from his family yeah. because, you know, he made X amount of dollars and at the end of the day he only had this much remaining. Yeah. Here's what I'm going to fucking tell you. If I push a human body out of my fucking pussy and then move forward to pay for every single meal every single article of clothing pay for their education drive them around to a b c and d you're fucking right i'm gonna take some of their money oh absolutely I'm sorry absolutely. so the fact that these kid actors like my mommy and daddy spent my money bitch you ruined your mother's body like you came into the world taking take kids take we all mm-hmm. took as children like all you do is suck the energy and money and life out of other people and then for them to be like well my mommy took my money and i'm mad about it oh you're lucky she didn't take more than your money yeah. and i'm not saying that that doesn't get abused and mm-hmm. pushed to the next level because obviously it didn't even in his case it did but you know you hear these sob stories about kids like oh my mommy you know they're spending my money well like they have rent to pay too and you're a child like if you make a mil, if my child makes a million dollars I'm gonna pay off my debt, my personal debt, with that million dollars, because that is. M- well, especially if know, the if the know. debt has been incurred because of the child. Well, of course, a mortgage, a car loan. Yeah, like, these are things it takes to raise a child. So I'm sorry if you feel upset that I'm using your money to pay mm-hmm. my bills, but you live under my roof, so what? Yeah. Do you well, some of it though is I don't know what it was like in the '80s, but I do know that now. When there is a situation like that, like typically you will go to court and they will tell you, all right, parent, you need to take all the money that is made in your child's name and put that into an account and then they can have access to it when they're, when they're 18. Uh, when they're yeah, of yeah. age. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, and I don't know if those were rules that were like uh, put in place after the fact. Oh, you know, when there was a lot of kids that were like getting like exploited by their parents or whatever, but it's like, you know, if a child is getting paid for a job, then yeah, that money should go to them. If there's like a manager situation, then your parent can take like 15 or 20%, which is usually what a manager Like a Kardashian situation? Yeah, exactly. And so where, where you are talking about like with like, oh yeah, like I am paying gas money to take this kid to his fucking rehearsals or whatever exactly so it's like as a manager yeah you can take a manager fee but like a lot of times the courts are gonna say like you have to put money away until they are well and that and that's where you know he had said you know i had x amount of dollars that i made and then at the end of it he had like 
I'm really exaggerating here, but let's just say you had like a hundred bucks remaining type yeah. of thing, right? Yeah. That, in that case, that is definitely financial oh, for sure. abuse and exploitation, like you said. <clears throat> yeah. But Do you know why he initially wanted to be emancipated? No. I thought it was the money thing. Because he had said... Because uh, I even, like, uh, I know, like, Drew Barrymore, she was emancipated when she was, like, fucking 13. Yep, and she was doing coke, like, as soon as she was emancipated. Yeah, uh, yeah I <laughs> or know. Yeah, it says, because he claimed parents were stealing his money because he had made 40,000, or he had made, like, 4 million, and then at the end he had, like, 40,000 left in his account. Yeah. And that was at an age where he was aware of what money meant. Like, when you're five, you don't know what the fuck money is. No, was. exactly. But he got to an age where he knew what money meant and, would like, looked in his account and was like, I'm missing $3 million, mom and dad. Like, fuck you. Yeah. And, uh, well, it's interesting that you mentioned how uh, sometimes there's, like, managers involved because I'm pretty sure we talked about this in the Lost Boys episode, but, like, when he was, like, deep, him and Corey Haim, when they were, like, super deep into the drugs, didn't, like, Brooke MacArthur, the other actor from the Lost Boys, like, take the reins and he became his manager? And then he, like, fucking, or uh, Corey Haim, sorry, I think he ended up managing Corey Haim because he felt bad for him. Right. And, like, he let him, like, move in with him or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's he's Dwayne in The Lost Boys, the blonde vampire. Oh. So that guy, uh, he actually ended up, like, feeling bad for them, and he was like, let me help you, let me manage you. Right. Yeah, maybe he saw that they were getting taken advantage of or something. They yeah. definitely were. Like, they were, I think it got to a point in both the Corey's career where, like, they had no control and they were, like, basically, like, instilled with fear yeah. by these people who were, like, yeah. exploiting them and exploiting raping them. There, them you know what? Shit. There yeah. are a lot of, like, fees, though, that are, like, incurred by this type of thing, too. It's like, you know, you have um, an agent. An agent's going to take 20% of whatever they get you, too. Right. So it's like... Like, yeah, you make $4 million on your contract, but that $4 million isn't going into your account. 20% of that is going to the person that got you the gig in the first place. And your manager also takes 20% on top of that, too. So it's like, that's already fucking 40%. You know what I mean? It's a lot of money. It is. Um, And if there's other people that are involved, again, there's more money off the top. So it's it's not as great as it sounds well oh, he doesn't yeah, have no, to worry because he has a booming musical career right now. <laughs> <laughs> so. okay so yeah basically like okay like yeah like uh, aside from the fact that like in a way it is impressive that he has appeared in over 100 commercials 50 tv series right like is. he has worked a lot in his entire life you know what i mean and like he has he also had a battle with drugs but he got clean and then he has his music career. Like, he actually recorded his first album in 1992. Um, so he has five albums. Right. And uh, he was on that fucking Dancing on the Ice. He has a biography, that choreography, which I still mm-hmm. haven't read. Choreography? I really oh want to read it. because that shit. I remember when he was on, like, I want to say Ricky Lake or, like, one of those mm. shows where he was, like, because I remember he was wearing this, like, purple shirt and, like, fucking this, like, terrible fucking haircut. Oh, my God. Um, but you were still, it. like, oh, and that's But that's it. when he first started, like, actually coming uh, clean and, like, opening up about, like, all the rape mm. that happened in the 80s. Um, so, sorry, I actually, I think I have it in my notes. He was emancipated when he was 15. Mm-hmm. Um, he was married three times. One of his marriages was officiated by MC Hammer. <laughs> yeah. Uh... <laughs> yeah, so that happened. And, um, yeah, uh, he was actually written into the script of E.T. as Elliot's best friend. But then the uh, script obviously had different drafts and rewrites. 
And then they kept reducing the role. So Steven Spielberg was like, I'll just give you a role in another movie, which turned out to be Goonies because he was an executive producer. I love that he wears a Purple Rain shirt in that yeah. movie, though. Like, that's like, it just like mm-hmm. warms my heart. And um, Gremlins, obviously, I think uh, Steven Spielberg was also a producer on Gremlins as well. And uh, I think Corey Feldman actually states that The Goonies was the most fun movie that he's ever worked on. I'd and, say so. Um, Probably just because, like, there's a lot of kids yeah. around. But, yeah, like, going back to The Lost Boys, he was almost fired because he would, like, just show up on set, like, high oh, on yeah. weed and coke. Yeah. We talked about that on The Lost Boys episode. Yeah. And he just wouldn't sleep and he would just show up, like, fucked up. Um, his agent saved his ass and then... I think his dad became his manager, and then after that, there was a fucked up relationship with him and his dad, and then Brooke MacArthur mm-hmm. decided to step in, and he helped Corey Haim, because Corey Haim's mm-hmm. drug addiction was he far was like, worse yeah, serious, than serious, Corey yeah. Feldman. But him and Corey Haim did seven movies together. The Lost Boys was the first movie that they did together. Both auditioned for the role of Mouth in the Goonies, but Feldman got it. And can you just, like... Seriously, like, imagine, like, they were the highest paid teen stars of the 80s. The Corys, man. Like, that, it was a That big shit deal. was fucking, yeah, like, they were everywhere. Like, they, remember that commercial, like, Corey Haim, like, you can call Corey Haim? Yeah, yeah but clearly not. Like, they were just, like, pre-recorded. Like, yeah. they were just pre-recorded messages. Um, but me and Morgan, we've visited Corey Haim's grave. It's in Vaughan, Ontario. It's not far from Toronto. Corey Feldman did not attend the funeral out of respect because the family wanted it low-key, so he wrote an open letter. It's on his website, and I read it, and I actually visited Corey Feldman's website recently because um, he was just in Toronto. He was at Fan Expo, like, a couple weeks ago, mm. and I almost went. I was like, you know what? I should just go because I love him and I want to meet him, but I changed my mind because Fan Expo fucking sucks. It's so expensive, and you basically just sit there and wait in lines for, like, hours to say hi to someone that you admire and then drive two hours home. Yeah. Like, I was like, it's not worth it. Yeah. I would rather see Corey Feldman, like, play with his shitty for band. For sure. Oh, like, I would pay money for that. I would definitely Good pay money for that. movement. Oh, yeah. my God. That I just, the best album, I was like picking out pieces of information because there's so, there's like an abundance of information about him. So like I found it important to mention that my favorite album name from him is Angelic to the core, but it's a number, number two. two to the core. Girl, have you ever fucking read his Instagram posts, no, his captions? God, oh my God. The way that he types is insane it's insane it's like he made up a language it's fucking crazy dude seriously you gotta go fucking creep Corey feldman's instagram and just read one of his captions you will be your mind will shift from like confusion to like all of a sudden realization that are, are, are you insane or like are you just doing this as a joke or like it's so perplexing I love it I just I love it I love him so much I don't give a fuck that he's like completely like batshit crazy no. right now and yeah you know what his band sucks no. he's actually can sing it's the band members that can't fucking play I'm sorry they're terrible but we've we've many times watched that live show where he has the girls in the angel costumes. He his voice does not sound good in that in that. In that oh, but I'm, what I'm saying is that watched. he's better than them, though. Oh, okay, he's better enough. than them, fair and enough. I don't I, I I don't care. But that one song, that Ascension Millennium. <laughs> I, I, love it. I, I like that song. I'm sorry. So and like the video was so cute. 
too because fucking Sean Astin is in it and like it's so adorable like it's bad but it's so adorable but like I love that song it's so catchy it's like Ascension Millennium <laughs> you got the feeling in your soul it's like Corey Feldman you you got it and oh um, my god uh, but but you know what though okay I, I will say that yeah like he's like kind of like you know considered like a joke because he's like a little woohoo but he's a fucking genuinely good human being so he has a fucking documentary coming out it's called the rape of two Corys. it was crowdfunded it's scheduled to be released at the end of this year and he's like fucking i'm calling out all these motherfuckers in hollywood i'm calling out their names i don't give a shit and he's involved in a lot of nonprofit organizations for yeah. victims of child abuse, That's yeah. good. Um, good homelessness, breast cancer, children's disease. He donates money to a lot all of these fucking like, too. yes, he's, stuff. yeah, like, and like, he wants to, he actually wants like California to change their laws when it comes to certain like uh, aspects of like in the film industry. Mm-hmm. Whereas like if you are mistreated or spoken to, you know, like, improperly or, mm-hmm. like, touched or anything like that, like, you can, like, automatically fucking, like, like, these people should not get away with it is, like, the point of it. Like, he, of like, he's, yeah. like, going, like, he's, like, taking action and good for him. Yeah. yeah. Like, so he's, like, he, he's, like, he's a weirdo and, you know, like. Well, unrightfully so. Like, he's had an interesting life. But so. when you think about it, excuse me. Talking about what? Talking about child actors. There aren't any who have been acting since they were children who have a successful adulthood. Donnie and Marie, you know, like they just wrapped up their whatchamacallit at uh, in Vegas. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And on the surface, they seem like the most normal of all children actors. Yeah. But they're not, clearly. No. But I mean, you can't think of a single one. I mean, Drew Barrymore, again, like she had her stint. She's kind of pulled her shit together. But the majority, like, look at the Jacksons. The majority of people yeah, who yeah. started working, and again, I don't even know if we could say it's, like, acting, because in our culture, children that young don't work unless it's acting. Mm-hmm. In other cultures, children are out there fucking mining for diamonds at the age of five. You yeah, know or, I mean? like, and in a sweatshop, fucking right. bring fucking shit home for so their like, parents. So, like, child workers in general, I mean, must grow up to be so fucked up. So, I mean, I talk a lot of shit on the guy, and, like, he's not talented, and he's really ugly, and... <laughs> <laughs> You know, <laughs> not very good looking now, but, but my heart goes out to the guy because, yeah. you know, it, I don't know. It's, it's a tough world, mine, mine does especially yeah. living in America. And I'm not saying this as like a biased Canadian or maybe I am, but growing up in that society too, where it's all about the dollar bill. Yeah. Yeah. That's literally yeah. all it's mm-hmm. about, you know? Yeah. So like the poor guy, I mean, I know for sure. I do feel bad for him and I admire him even though he's like off his rocker i i just i and don't he's trying makes, i he's actually trying. still like him he got a i still like him i can't wound. help it oh my god do you remember that when he was like i got stabbed i got stabbed and it was literally like a fucking he got a puncture wound from like a man it. in a car <laughs> is the quote that i took directly you from need... a man in a car dude you Small need to fucking seriously wound. creep his instagram like the way that he types is like psychotic it's it's like his was own he language stabbed? no he wasn't it was stabbed. Pricked. He wasn't stabbed. He was like pricked with like a fucking needle or some shit. Even worse. Gross. Well, I was going to say, yeah, that's pretty bad. Like if the guy was like. Like a heroin needle? I don't know. Ew, why'd you make sex noises with no. that? Because <laughs> it's like the shanking that's noise. That's what my sex sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> oh 
my lord. Um, I do want to say that one child actor that I don't, I mean, I don't know if he's crazy, but he certainly transitioned into adulthood. All right, is Christian Bale. He was a child actor? Yeah. Uh, he's, not, he's not normal, though. Isn't he really aggressive? Does, well, isn't he, a he dick might to be. Work with? He might be, but he's successful. He, yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah, uh, em- Empire really of the Sun. He was, uh, I think, maybe like ten years old. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because I heard, I heard, like on set, he's a real piece of yeah, shit. Yeah, I, I have heard not great things about him as a person and like to deal with or whatever. You know what else I don't like about him? He hit his accent from us. The man right? has an accent. He's British. He's British. Bastard. What a liar. He never fucking told anyone right? that. Piece of shit, motherfucker. Listen, I don't want to piss him off though. Wait. Christian Bale's British? Yes. <laughs> See, you didn't know. Watch an interview with him. He has oh this my God, beautiful British accent. It's yeah, lo- he's British. It's lovely. Whoa, I had no idea. He's from uh, Stones. Well, moving on, um, the movie's over, but we, I have a couple more things to mention here. A few things. So uh, we didn't talk about the sister, Kimberly Beck, who plays Trish Jarvis. Um, So she actually used to live with Peter Burton. I guarantee they banged. I was going to say, did they do it? Of course they did. How could you live with Peter Burton and not bang him? She isn't a fan of horror movies at all. And she didn't have a great experience making the final chapter. And this is kind of fucking creepy, but she would go for jogs in the forest and a weirdo would like watch her in the woods every time she would like go for jogs. And then she kept on getting like weird phone calls, like in the middle of the oh, night. Oh, while, like, while the recording was yeah. like, well, it was uh, happening. Yeah. She had like a weird, creepy stalker. But then as soon as the movie was done, it like ended. it stopped. Yeah. So she would like go for jogs, like whenever she had like free time and like a creep would be like watching her in the woods. And then, like, fucking calling her all the fucking time and, like, saying creepy shit. Mm-hmm. So I don't blame her for, like, not wanting to do horror movies. Um, people who are, like, fans of, like, horror movies can go a little extreme. Like, yeah. Danielle Harris had, like, a pretty yeah. fucking crazy stalker situation, oh, yeah. too. Um, but, uh, yeah, she, like, has a pretty fucking impressive IMDb, man. Like, oh. Kimberly Beck was in fucking... An Alfred Hitchcock movie. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. She was in Marnie when she was eight years old. Oh, And uh, she was in a movie with Linda Blair called Roller Boogie. And I definitely need it because it's uh, disco inspired. So I definitely want to watch that. That sounds good. And she was in a movie with Michael Bean called Deadly Intentions. Uh, was it like 90s though? I don't know. I just know that you love Michael Bean. So I, I do, but like... Nudged what, at you. But like after like The Abyss maybe, it's or no, after Tombstone, then it just kind of went downhill. Um, she's also in Nightmare at Noon. That movie... Oh yeah! It's so good! That movie is so good. Fucking George Kennedy and Wings Hauser and there's a fucking helicopter chase scene. It's so intense. Like if you haven't... If you love action movies... Watch Nightmare at Noon. It blew my mind. Threat level midnight. <laughs> I don't know why that reminded me of that. <laughs> it's not a horror movie? No, it's not, no. But it's called Nightmare at Noon? Yeah, it's an action How movie. Dare Where are you? How dare you? How dare you? No, have you seen it? You've watched it, right, Morgan? No, I haven't. <gasps> oh my god! 
You told me about so, it, but I knew George so, Kennedy was in it because I love I can't believe like, how action-y it was. Like, I just couldn't believe that there was a fucking helicopter chase scene. I was like, what am I watching? My life has changed. Um, she's in a movie with fucking Charles Bronson. Ooh, I like of Death. Oh, I have that movie. I haven't watched it yeah, yet. Yeah. Like, her MDB, like, I did not know that, like, she was on all these awesome movies yeah. with all these awesome actors. As she was very briefly in Killing Zoe, which is, like, one of my favorite fucking, like, heist movies. Eric Stoltz? Uh, yeah. He's pretty hot in that movie. He's just and, hot in uh, Yeah. And, um, she was in Independence Day. Oh. Yeah. She played a housewife. I don't know what role that is. I haven't seen Independence Day in probably 20 years. The housewife in the house that got blown up? Huh? Huh? Probably. Like the White House? Yeah, like the White House. Right? (laughs) She's the first lady. The first housewife. Um, The first housewife. (laughs) Um, But the most impressive fact about her is that she's done enough of her own stunts to gain a stunt performer's union card. Oh, good for her. Good for her, man. Good for her. Fuck yeah. She actually is the daughter of somebody famous, too, and her stepdad was also famous. Her name was Cindy, her mom's name was Cindy Robbins, and apparently she was a television actress as well, and her father was somebody called Tommy Linetti. They actually have a single that they released, a musical single, her and her stepfather. Really? Yes. And the song (laughs) is called Let's Take a Walk. It was released under the name Tommy Leonetti and his daughter Kim. It was recorded while Tommy Leonetti was like working in Australia. So there's a musical number Have out there. Have you heard it? Did you no, find it? No, I didn't find it. It sounds like it's going to be not great though, so. I bet it's not as bad as Star not- Crystal. Nothing mm. could be as bad as that. Okay, so I can't believe I actually, we haven't done a movie that has anything to do with Chris McGlover. Yeah, that's true. I haven't dug into him on this podcast the entire time that we have existed. All right, well, let's dig. Let's dig. Okay, I fell in love with Crispin Glover at the age of, like, I want to say six because of George McFly. Mm-hmm. I just thought that he was the hottest dude I have ever seen oh, in my entire that's fucking so life. Sweet. And then it just turned McFly. into this hello. like, uh, <laughs> hello, anybody hello, home? Anybody home? <clears throat> um, and then it turned into like obsession as I grew up because I followed his career and realized how insanely weird he is. Insanely and I insane. was fucking a weird oddball kid. And I was, like, obsessed with him. Like, I just always loved him growing up. So, Crispin Glover, who plays Jimmy, obviously, like, everybody fucking knows the dance scene. We already talked about that. He's super cute in that movie. Oh, God. Like, his, like, blonde hair. I know. Yeah, super, he's precious. He's a dead fuck. Also, I wanted, I wanted to ask, because uh, you probably would know, did Crispin Glover have a nose job? I don't think so. Okay, because, like, in that, in this movie... His nose looks like, I don't know, I've just, maybe I haven't seen enough of his side profile, but like there's something about his nose that looks different than it does Really? Now. Oh, yes. I haven't noticed mm. that. Well, I've got some stuff, some facts I'd like to talk about, and I also have a personal story. Okay, so he had a couple smaller roles before doing uh, Final Chapter, and one, his very first, I think, was that one fucking show with Nicolas Cage, The Best of Times. Yeah! Where Nicolas Cage is, like, fucking, like, doing kung fu on the beach. Uh, So Crispin Glover was also on this, like, it was a pilot, and it never became a show, and um, it's rather entertaining. You can find it on YouTube. 
And I always thought that it was funny that Crispin Glover is actually younger than Michael J. Fox and he plays his dad. Isn't that strange? In Back to the Future. Yeah. Shut the fuck yeah. up. Yeah. Dude, Crispin Glover is three years younger than Michael J. Fox and he plays his dad in Back to the Future. So I always thought that was like, funny. That's just because, like, Michael J. Fox is, like, a tiny human. He's, he's like, I in know. a little box. Yeah. Like, he's so small. You know cute. what's weird? This is, like, has nothing to do with anything. But at the very beginning of Back to the Future, you know what part I always thought that was like super weird when he is about to like play his guitar and like the scene where you see the guitar pick the guitar pick looks metal is it just me or like am I imagining this that is a detail that only I know I I know like I I play guitar and like that part always bothered me I was like a a part like a metal guitar pick wouldn't be like that out of the ordinary Mm, I don't know if I could do that man (laughs) playing with a metal pick Mm mm-hmm you crazy. You crazy. I wouldn't I personally would do it. Die. I personally wouldn't, but I've seen them. Oh, that's weird. I always thought that part was weird. Anyways, you've watched the Back to the Future documentary. I know you know the yes. story yep. about the lawsuit yep. and everything. Yep. I think Megan knows the lawsuit. Uh, how Crispin Glover wasn't in the part two, but they hired that actor to play him without his fucking... And put makeup on the other guy. You, yeah, do you yeah. know about this? Okay. I'm pretty sure we've talked about this, right? Okay, but it's sounding very... Okay, 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 okay. That was my Joe Pesci, by the way. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> are you talking to me? Uh, okay, okay. Um, so they dressed up this actor to look specifically like Crispin yeah, Glover? Yeah, they put prosthetics on this guy's face to look like Crispin Glover without however, asking his permission. However, let's, let's just say I played fucking Esmeralda in this movie... And then they didn't want me to do it again, but they wanted you to do it, so they dressed you up like Esmeralda, but they didn't want the... I don't see how that's The likeness. Lawsuit. You own the likeness of your oh, face, though. I didn't know so, that. okay, this is what happened, for all y'all who don't know. Um, so, wait, are we... Do we fuck up when we dress up for Halloween? Am I stealing the likeness of someone's face? Um, <laughs> You're getting paid for Okay. <laughs> Maybe I am. What do you know? If, if the mask that you're wearing, the company that made the mask is stealing it without using, like, a licensing, then yes. Yeah. Like, you're not liable. What if someone dresses but the up company like me is. for Halloween? What if someone's like, I'm Megan? You can sue them. I'm gonna carry oh, on. Oh, do it. shit. <laughs> you hear that, listeners? <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna show up for fucking Halloween. I'm like, oh, oh my God, Megan. Each each I'm gonna draw all over my arms. Okay, uh, but the story with the uh, lawsuit of Back to the Future is like um, he okay, so he sued the producers because in part two they used his likeness without his permission and he didn't get paid for it. And so he also didn't get paid for the scenes that they were used from part one. Because oh, right. remember in part you two, you have to do that back, too. You have to fucking pay them. Mm-hmm. So um, as a result, there are now clauses in the Screen Actors Guild. Like, I find that so fascinating that because of Crispin Glover, these rules exist in the Screen Actors Guild. Good for like, him. That's yeah. pretty crazy. Yeah, um, so yeah, he is also, you know, I, I'll talk about like just a very small uh, list of his movies that I admire. But aside from his acting abilities, he's also a musician. So he released an album in 1989 and it's called... The big problem does not equal the solution. The solution equals let it be. And get this. The album, How pretentious. Oh, dude, you know he's fucking crazy. The album was recorded by Barnes and Barnes. Really? Do you know who that is? Fish hats, fish hats, rolling, rolling, fish hats, fish hats, fish 
Hats, eat them up. Yum. And Bill Bill Paxton is in the video. He fucking directed the video too. Oh shit! I did not know oh, that. I know that video because you've shown me that video. With yes, Bill Paxton dude. Like yes. that video was like always on. Like what was like Much Music? Okay, so like Canadian MTV was called Much Music, and every New Year's Eve they did like a thing where it was like cheese fest or something. Yeah, and the soft fromage. And yes, fromage. fromage. Yes, fromage. <laughs> and they yeah. always. Heads video, yep. and then like, and later in life, I realized that it was Bill Paxton that was in the video. Yep. And then now I'm like, holy shit, they recorded Crispin Glover's first album. That's like, incredible. Mind blown. And the album has originals as well as covers, including "These Boots Are Made for Walking" oh. and a Charles Manson song. Is it you, okay? Shop? Okay, That's I have the only a question. One I, know. <laughs> I, have a, I have a question for you, Morgan. Mm-hmm. Doesn't your mom have a Charles Manson album? Because I remember one night at your parents' house mm-hmm. in high school, and your mom was like, I got Charles Manson album, let's listen to it. And um, it was, like, fucking obviously bonkers. You know what? I'll have to ask her about that. Because I'm going to say probably, because my mom is fucking insane. Dude, I'm pretty sure your yeah. mom has a Charles Manson mm-hmm. album. Well, there's one, only one song that I know by Charles Manson, which is Garbage Dump. That's the only song that I know that's like, I know the words to it and it's fucking ridiculous. But I'm pretty sure I know that song because John Araya used to play that song a lot. But oh, okay. Um, I, I know, I know your mom has like a tape or something. Like share like a burnt CD and like we used to listen to fucking Charles Manson. What? <laughs> that's funny. Oh. A burnt CD. Oh, is that what she said? Yes. Okay. That's funny. We gotta wake Megan up. Funny. I'm texting um, my mom right now to Yeah, seriously, text her. I'm pretty sure she has a Charles Manson album. I'm I like I'm positive it's on like a burnt disc or something. Um, but anyways, so uh, Crispin Glover, uh, he also recorded the Michael Jackson song Ben for the movie Willard. Um, and <gasps> I, I love, love that, that movie. Oh, oh I thought you were mm-hmm. well. We're still friends. High five. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, because literally the song is actually and the music video, uh, Crispin is in the music video and he's like singing to a rat. So and I remember gross. watching Willard for the first time when I was in high school, and I still lived, I still lived with my parents, and he has like uh, like he controls all of the rats, and yeah. Ben is like the bad rat, and then but he has like one one rat that's like his little tiny mouse friend and his name was Socrates and I remember one time I came home when I lived with my parents I was probably drinking with you in the bushes or probably. something probably and like I came home and there was a fucking mouse that was stuck in a glue trap that my dad set <gasps> oh, no. and I felt so bad and I, I like googled like how to like save it and I put oil on the glue trap really? and I saved the fucking mouse and I put like a dish of water and some crackers out for him, and I named him Socrates. No, you did not. Oh my god, did he eat the crackers? Uh, Yeah, because I woke up the next day and the crackers were gone and the mouse was gone. So I fucking saved a mouse and I named him Socrates because of fucking Willard. Fucking incredible. Okay, so uh, that's not even like my personal fucking story yet. I haven't even gotten there yet. Okay, so he's also written some books. Uh, he's the written first, a lot of books. Yeah, he has like, to have been published. But dude, he's yeah. Okay, so the first book that he wrote was when he was seventeen, and it's uh, he also has. Okay, I have 
uh, one of his books, and it, I have the one called Rat Catching, and it's like it's weird. It's like a constructed book where it's filled with like old novels from like the 19th century that are like cool. now public domain that he reuses and writes over certain excerpts. And then he got into directing in 2005. With a movie called What Is It? And the cast is actors with Down Syndrome. Oh my god, I've seen that movie. Okay, I've only seen parts of that movie, and that movie is like a mushroom trip. I like, know, you know what? And let me tell you something. I watched, oh, I know, I you watched fucking it on, watched mushrooms. It on mushrooms. It was not a good idea. Uh, yeah, I would not think so. It was pretty weird. He then did the... Uh, well, and I guess it almost took him like 10 years to finish that movie, and yeah. he funded it with the mm-hmm. money that he got from Charlie's Angels. And then, and then he did the sequel, It Is Fine, Everything Is Fine, which was written by the main actor in the film who was born with cerebral palsy. I remember that guy. So yeah. now I'm going to tell my story. Um, Crispin Glover was, okay, I, I, like, this is like a long time ago. Like, I want to say this is probably like 10 years ago. And when people still used Facebook and I used to follow Crispin on Facebook and, um, he would post like, I'm touring my movie if you're interested in having your city play my movie, contact your local theater and have them contact me. So what I did was I contacted the TIFF in Toronto and I emailed them and I was like, hey, Crispin Glover, he's doing a tour for his movie and I think you should bring him. They never replied to me, but then like a couple weeks later, they announced that he was coming. And I was like- you, they didn't, that's rude. As if they're not going to reply to you, the person well, who made no, it like, oh. yeah, But anyway, I mean, so I was like, oh my God. So they fucking announced it. And I was so fucking stoked because I was like, I have to fucking meet Crispin Glover. Like I've loved him since I was like five. Yeah. And then so I went and the show was, okay, so he did like a thing before the movie started. And then we sat in the seats. You're sitting in the theater. All of a sudden, darkness emerges. And then the curtains spread open. And Crispin Glover walks out. Oh my. And then he just stands there like a soldier in front of a microphone. And then he starts yelling in German. Uh, he just starts media. yelling in German. And then he was like, I And then we're like, just in awe. And then and then he's finished. And then everybody claps. And then everybody and claps. Then, no one knows what they're clapping. No, I know. And then like and then and then he goes into another monologue. In English. And then he, like, reads poetry. So then he was, like, reading poetry in English. So we were like, hey, at least we can understand what he's saying. But he's so, like, calm in between the performances. Like, he wasn't, like... Uh, the way that you would, dis- like, think that he is in real life is exactly how he is in real life. Mm. Like, I was, like, he's just as weird as I imagined him to be. Like, I don't know if it's an act. And maybe it is. I don't know. It could be, mm. but it's entertaining regardless. Yeah, and I he was went just, to the Nicolas Cage fucking shamanic school of acting, which I which I find funny because he's done many projects with Nick Cage. Uh, yeah, I so, feel like they may be kindred souls. Oh, I know. Aww. I know. I just I would love to be in a room with just the two of them. Oh my god. But yeah, so a then penis like in this year and a penis in this year, just fucking your brain. You said it. <laughs> you said it. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then they played the movie, and the movie is very interesting. The guy with cerebral palsy like um, hires hookers, and then he like kills them. And then afterwards, like Crispin came out and he did a Q and A, 
and this okay so like most people that were there were fans right Mm -hmm. and then but this one girl fucking like gets the microphone and she tries to rip him apart she she was like this is an attack on women and blah 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 how do you think like women feel about your movie because like all the victims are played by women and blah 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 and then crispin just like stood there and like listened he didn't say anything and then all of a sudden another girl in the audience like fucking like yelled at her and was like we've had enough of your bullshit why don't you shut the fuck up and like sit the fuck down like why are you even here we're here because we're fans and blah 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 and like everybody were like applauding the girl that told the girl to shut up like and then Crispin just stood there the whole time like he's like you know it's okay not everybody has to like my movie like I can he would hear his voice say he was oh so my God. like yeah he That's was just so very calm. calm he was very calm and it's like it's like the criticism like didn't phase him like whatsoever at all and then after that he did a signing so then I was like hey I had to wait in line to go meet him and he was selling his books he had rat catching one and like another one and I was like, oh my God, it's like going to happen. I'm going to meet him. And then I approached his booth and I was like, hello. And he's like, hi, what's your name? And I was like, my name's Yasmina. He's like, how did you hear about this event? And I was like, well, I actually saw your post on Facebook a long time ago. And you told us to reach out to theaters. And I reached out to the TIFF and I asked them to bring you. And he completely was like, oh my God just just wait a minute just wait here and he like grabbed his like assistant and was like get get a book get a book for her and he like went to the the store and he grabbed me like the rat catching book and I brought my River's Edge VHS because that's one of my favorite awesome Crispin movies and I like I was like I also have this and can I also get a photo and he was like thank you so much thank you so much for even like taking the effort into like fucking emailing the tiff and this and he signed the book he signed my VHS and I got a photo with him and he was just so genuine genuinely like adoring like I couldn't believe that he took the time to get his like assistant to get and like he was like just give her give her what she wants oh I know I know I was like that was like legit one of the like one of the finer moments that I will never ever ever forget in my life like he was just I couldn't like like, I was talking earlier how Judy Aronson, you know, commented on my Instagram, and I like it when actors, like, take the time to, you know, interact with their fans and stuff, you know? And, yeah, and I was, like, I I just, I, I was, like, so, like, full of glee, like, I, I just it's couldn't adorable. believe it. I couldn't believe, like, that experience. I had such a good experience meeting him. So I'm just going to mention like a little, like, a, like he obviously has like acted in a lot of movies, but um, just the few I'm going to mention. Uh, so obviously Reuben and Ed is one of his like earlier movies. It's fucking insane, but that's the character that he plays when he's on David Letterman. Do you remember that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm strong. Yeah. I can kick. Where, where <laughs> people literally did not understand because what he Ruben was doing. Because Ruben and Ed it wasn't didn't come out. Yet. Yeah, it didn't come out. Yeah, like it out wasn't out like yet. And people like, were so confused. They're like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? He's like fucking like kicking David Letterman in the fucking yeah, face. Yeah, and David Letterman yeah. was confused too. Yeah, everybody yeah. was confused. And it's funny because Ruben and Ed came out like much later in life. But River's Edge, I have you guys seen it? I know we've talked about it before. Dennis um, Hopper, Keanu Reeves. No, I know the Scott. movie. I've never seen oh, it. Oh, it's so good. It it's so fucking good. And, like, I feel like Crispin started his, like, eccentric 
uh, abilities in that movie. Mm. Like, and when he signed my River's Edge VHS, he told me that that's his favorite movie that he's oh, been in. Really? Besides Ruben and Ed. Aww. Yeah. Um, but Wild at Heart is another movie that he did with Nicolas Cage, mm-hmm. directed by David Lynch. Have you ever seen Wild at Heart? I have, I have the copy. I yeah. still haven't watched it yet. The, the scenes with Crispin Glover are fucking hilarious because he's so insane. He's like like dressed up as a Santa Claus and he's like freaking out about aliens. And then like <laughs> there's one part where he's like, like his, uh, what's her name? Fucking Laura Dern. Uh, he's like, she's like telling stories of her parents and Crispin is, in, is her dad. So it's like a flashback scene. And he's like making... A sandwich and his wife comes in the kitchen and she's like what are you doing he's like i'm making my lunch <laughs> he like freaks the fuck out. it's so ridiculous and um the doors so i know you hate the doors movie oh but you don't okay. admit that him is andy warhol like he did you such hate a, that movie. no i was she gonna does. say okay i don't hate it it's just like i feel like it's kind of pretentious like, okay, like Jim Morrison wasn't a hundred. I know, and he was, and I. But like, I don't know. I watch it, and like, I watch it like again, sort of recently. But I just feel like it just seems really like I don't know. It's just something like kind of like. But aren't all movies, don't all movies have an air of confidence for them to even be made? Like, well, yes, but it just I don't know. It just doesn't seem like it. Like. And I know that the people that were in the like the doors themselves, the other other than Jim Morrison, who was insane, quite obviously, um, were kind of like, yeah, that's not really what was going on. Like to me, it just seems very fictitious. I think for if you look at it as just a movie rather than a documentary about yes. the band, it's a great movie. I can see that. Oliver and Stone, Bell like Oliver Stone, is non-existent. We're doing a movie podcast and Oliver Stone is like this director who dropped off the face of the planet, but that was one of his... Oh, Natural Born Killers. Mm -hmm. I just, I just thought that movie was like, I mean, like you said, Val Kilmer, like I would let anything off of his body. He is, he's beautiful, yeah. But the book though, like, but what I like about the Doors movie, because I grew up, when I was a kid, I, everybody was all the Beatles. I was, I was all about the Doors and that book, Light My Fire the movie is based on that book mm-hmm. and yeah. it's like word for word. Like it's very, very precise. So, um, I appreciate the movie based because I've read the book, but also because Val Kilmer like fucking like nails that. He role. does. But also like Crispin Glover does such a good Andy Warhol. He does. I, you know what? I think that was one of the highlights for sure. Yeah. Meg Ryan blood. though. Look at the blood. Oh God, I know. And the Rick James The Rick James book, book oh yeah. Oh my God. There's a there's an insane Jim Morrison story in the Rick James yeah, book. Yeah, Rick James met him early on. Yeah. And was like, what But fuck? I talked about Willard earlier and um, I haven't seen uh, American Gods yet, but I've heard such good things about it. Oh, mm. are you fucking kidding me? American Gods is sensational. Okay, so I haven't, I haven't seen it. I started the book, the Neil Gaiman book, and was like, whoa fascinated by it actually and a new movie that is actually coming out that Crispin Glover is in that my friend storyboarded Lucky Day which is directed by Roger um Roger Avery yes (laughs) alcohol (laughs) but um I just want to mention really quickly um I also love Crispin Glover's dad (laughs) oh my god dude Bruce Bruce Glover is Okay, Bruce Glover. Megan's I, like, I'm like, googling. I'm like, googling. Okay, like, he's an actor. He's adorable. An actor. Like he's in 
diamonds are forever. Like the last James Bond movie mm-hmm. with Sean Connery, like before Roger Moore took over. And he's in Chinatown, um, Popcorn. He's in fucking Hider in the House. I know. Uh, he's in Kill Crazy. I fucking love Kill, Kill Crazy. I, I, I'm sensing a trajectory here. I know, I know. <laughs> uh, yes, it's down. However, it's down. However, very important, guys. Are you listening? Bruce Glover is in Warlock 2. Very important. So he very is. important. Yeah. We're doing a live show in Toronto. Yeah. In a couple weeks. Yeah. And we're watching October fucking, 5th. yeah, uh, Warlock 2. He looks like a grumpy old alcoholic. He is. Look at I'm this photo. Sure. Look at how like he's like. <laughs> like mm. Where's mom? Where he looks like <laughs> you know, when you when you're a waitress and you come to his table to drop him off his beer, he like squeezes your ass or something. Right. You know, oh. Just I mean I'm sure. He's yeah, yeah. He looks like a squeezer. Man. That's funny. <laughs> but yeah, it's funny because like I uh, I noticed a couple um, connections, like weird connections between Crispin and Bruce, and Bruce was in a movie called final chapter like in the 60s and um he was in ghost world and i've seen ghost world like a million times he's the guy in the wheelchair that guesses the question at the coffee shop and his character's name in ghost world is feldman so i thought that was like weird that's like a strange yeah but yeah so that's my christmas story weird it's incredible. I'm Thank so you. glad that you got to meet yeah. one of your I have the picture too. Idols. I have the picture of, of I remember. Me and him. I remember when it was on MySpace. <laughs> you guys had MySpace? Yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah. That's so cool. I could never figure it out. Really? Are you surprised? No. I'd like log on and be like, beep, boop. Like, beep. My computer would start smoking. Okay, well, <laughs> MySpace for me. What's happening? Well... This is a long one. Now that we've done a Friday the 13th movie, I've started like thinking about I can't wait to do a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Yeah, they're going to be stacked. Love yeah. It. Yeah, I'm into it. Yeah. All right, well. So we've got some stuff coming up. We have yeah. uh, our live show in Toronto, and then we're doing Frightmare in the Falls. Yes. In Niagara Falls. Yes, so all you Southern Ontario people, come out and uh, buy some tickets and, and come Northern see us Ameri- Northern Northern... Northern American. Yeah, you can drive. Niagara Falls is like a fucking. Oh, it's stone across throw. the way from Buffalo. Yeah, it's from to many Buffalo. places. Bring us American snacks. Yes, please. Yeah, yeah. but not the ones that are like. I want Juju tainted by like Trump or whatever. I want my Juju fruits. <laughs> but yeah, well, um, this was fun. Uh, I love Jason Voorhees and Friday Thirteenth, and um, thanks again for listening. As always, we admire all of our followers and people who keep sharing our stories. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's pretty fun. And I guess we'll see you guys Uh, live in Toronto or in Niagara Falls. Live. Yeah. Party on. Fuck yeah. Garbage dump. Garbage dump.
just enough.